Bienvenidos, muchachos. And for uh, for our American listeners, that was welcome friends or welcome mm. mates. I don't know what muchacho means, but um, we we are welcoming all into episode number 95 of the SoCo Show. I am the co-host, Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by the SoHost Seth Ott. I really thought that that sentence you said in, was that Spanish? That um, is Spanish, yes. I, I, thought it's, I thought you said, will you fix my yo-yo kind, sir? <laughs> No, that actually doesn't translate. So you just say that. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Good so if to you're know. ever in Mexico I'll... with a broken yeah. yo-yo, just. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, um, we got a lot of fun stuff this week. Um, we're gonna we're gonna review some stuff. Uh, we have we have a couple of reviews that I'm very excited about this week. So uh, a lot of a lot of good stuff. Uh, but before we get into anything, even before she tweets, we got to update our listeners on uh, some changes, some small changes that we're gonna be making. Uh, on a go forward basis. So, um, for the, uh, for folks who don't know, making a, you know, recording a podcast and then editing that podcast takes some fucking time and, uh, is uh, occasionally very frustrating, uh, to schedule. And so we are going to be on our end shifting around our recording and editing schedule. And as a part of that, um, we're actually going to be doing things earlier in the week. And so that's going to allow us to bring the podcast to you, the listener one day earlier. So we're going to be moving our release date from Friday, which it has been for a while, to Thursdays. So starting with episode 96, you can expect a new episode of the show every Thursday, which we are very excited about because that'll give us a chance to lead into the uh, the new weekend in movies. Uh, and I think it'll be I think it'll be pretty cool. So one day earlier, which Seth and I showing up one day earlier isn't exciting to all people, but uh, I think for the regular listeners of the show, they'll be happy to hear it. I think most of them now they're just they're obligated since they've been a, a, around the entire time they're just obligated to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- they'd prefer us just to stop. But <laughs> it's like it's like one of the shows that you're gonna review today. It's like you you feel kind of stuck with it, but you wish it just <laughs> end so you can get an hour of your time back a week. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. When when you said it's gonna recording is and editing is difficult and, and we're gonna change. We're going to change that around. They were hoping you said it's going to be once a month instead of just <laughs> earlier. So, um, yeah, great stuff. Uh, again, if you if you've subscribed to this podcast, you'll be notified, I assume, when uh, our, our episodes drop every Thursday. So uh, keep an eye out for that and tweet us your excitement and your appreciation for the the one day early. Because I know everyone is probably there's probably people just just partying in their cars and in their homes and at their desks at work just so excited because they're going to get a hold of this show on Thursdays. So tweet us your pictures uh, of the, the parties you're throwing that, uh, that are, are in celebration of, of the SoCo release schedule changing. And we would love to see them because um, I know there's going to be a lot of excited people out there. So, As an incentive, any tweet at us will earn you a block. So <laughs> There you go. If you want to be blocked by at SoCoShowPod, uh, make sure you send your tweets over to Seth on that uh, that account. Seth, you have um, it's a mystery to me. You said you have something you want to open the show with. So now, is, what do you got? Yeah, um, I don't know if this is something that that every or any listener wants to hear, but it's kind of what's going on in my life right now. So I, I need to uh, need to share it. So I mentioned a few weeks back that you know I've I've, I've encountered some geese and I've I've been I've been running a lot recently, um, getting back into running. And usually this time of year, it's pretty early on, so um, I'm kind of building my way back up. But 
I am now in a step challenge where I need to have a certain amount of steps uh, average per day to win a certain prize. In this case, it's a day of vacation and possibly like gift cards and stuff. And I, re- I, I wanted an extra day of vacation, so I'm working hard at it. So in order to work work hard at it, I had to, instead of taking a gradual increase like I usually do to get up to, I think like last summer I was averaging like six and a half miles a day, I had to just go from like three miles to six miles a day uh, real quick, <laughs> like <laughs> like in a week. So because of that, my, my body is in a very interesting state right now uh, because of this, this abrupt change. One of which, which isn't the, the, the worst thing, is I mentioned to you today that uh, through a text that I was like ravenous for some uh, salsa. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you get your salsa? I did get my salsa. That was great. Nice. Uh, I, I ate the entire container of it. That's my, that was my dinner. Uh, <laughs> um, and I told you in the text that I was going to make that thing disintegrate. And God damn it, I did. Plastic and all. It's gone. But the worst thing uh, that, that affects me on a secondly basis is that my my body is just one giant chafed item right now? <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> the 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 nips um, are are definitely getting some some contact on with the uh, with the clothing, and the worst thing is the the uh, the legs. Uh, those those things are chafed to high heaven, <laughs> and and. <laughs> And I look like I'm a fucking cowboy who just got off of a of a sixty mile ride on the back of their horse. <laughs> I'm fucking waddling. I I look like the cast of Madagascar's penguins right now with the way I'm waddling. I'm so glad you didn't tell me what you were gonna be talking about. Because if you had been like, I wanna open the show with chafing, I'd have been like, What? <laughs> So that that's my life right now. It's it. What's what's great is that eventually, um, my entire body will then be a callus, and you know, I, I could I could roll around with some fucking piranhas and and be fine. I'm I, I'm gonna have enough buildup, but um, until then, it's gonna be just a lot of a lot of soreness. Every time I turn on the shower, it feels like someone's poking me at three thousand needles. It's it's the worst. But anyone who uh, enjoys running. Got to got to prepare yourself for this or lather up before you go out there. <laughs> I guess you're hitting the gold bond pretty hard then. No man, I, you just got to let the callus build. You just got you just got to let it build. You're just, yeah. you're just going all natural, just raw dogging the thighs, huh? Yep. You got. I, I mean, I'm not even kidding. There is a callus that builds and then it goes away over the winter. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it, it's it's a it's a weird thing that your body does. You just got to get there. You got to run through the pain and. Uh, and then during the day, you got to wince every time you sneeze because <laughs> your body moves. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, the similarities between you and Drax continue. Uh, both of you have sensitive nipples right now. We do. And uh, just when you go out there, you know, like wear, wear bright reflective clothing so that people can see you and everything. You just, you know, chafety first. You got to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. So you don't have to you don't have to put put this in, but it made me laugh this morning. So I'm running along, and all these these little geeselings that are born, uh, whatever they're called, goslings, um, goslings, because Dan Dan Geesling is the big brother guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now they're like getting kind of big, and so there was one which I'm assuming was actually I think it's the the female geese that do the hissing at you. One was standing the 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 mother goose was standing hissing at me as I was running by. 
and this this like adolescent goose was doing the same thing at me <laughs> like i've never seen that before and in, in these years that i've been running by these geese i've never seen the baby one actually do that at me too but they're both fucking staring me down going like this is fucked up that is awesome they're training the other they're training the young to fucking hate seth awesome. <laughs> yeah that is incredible and also i'm so glad you brought that up because it gives me a chance to use this <laughs> Is that me? That's you. That's you doing a goose hiss. <laughs> kind of sounds like someone blowing their nose. <laughs> so we'll be we'll be trying to work that in um, to the show. So glad we got an update on your chafing and uh, and the geese. Uh, but let's let's roll on. Uh, like we said, a lot of reviews today. We're going to get into a couple of fun topics. We got a mambo number five that I think will be. Uh, a lot of fun as well. So let's start like we always do with some chic tweets. I call you a punk. So this this chic tweet is kind of a, a multi-layered one in a bit. So the first is that we lost a an, an icon this week. What was it on on May seventeenth? It looks like we lost an icon, and that 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 icon is Grumpy Cat. At a, at a pretty young age, uh, we lost Gump, uh, Grumpy Cat. I think seven years old was how old Grumpy Cat was. So everyone mourned. Everyone was sad. And, of course, Iron Sheik was was very sad as well. He he had to comment. But um, why this is also layered. So um, there, was a, there was a professional wrestler named Coco Beware uh, in the 70s and 80s that Iron Sheik had a few battles against as well. And Coco Beware had a parrot named Frankie. So... That you need to know that for this tweet. So Iron Sheik says, in in remembrance of Gump, Grumpy Cat, the Grumpy Cat, I love her forever, but in the pet heaven, she better not che- cheap shot the Frankie Beware, or else Frankie use beak to suplex her so hard, Grumpy Cat face look like the jabroni Hello Kitty. God bless the Grumpy Cat. I hope she has lots of se- lots of the sex with Lion King father. <laughs> what? <laughs> Mufasa is who he's talking about, first of all, yeah. Sheik. Yeah. Grumpy Cat that and, is, and Mufasa are going to have sex. That sounds like an acid trip. Yeah, I don't know what the Sheik was on. I saw this last week, and it was one of those things, like, just from the length of it, I was like, I'll save this. I don't think I even read through it all. I just kind of skimmed it. I'm like, I don't know what that means. But then I saved it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went back to read it, and I'm like, okay. Now that I understand that Frankie Beware is a, is a parrot, okay, that we're good. I can kind of follow it, but still, it's very weird. Yeah, that's the Sheik, man. He's certainly heavy on the references, but like always, dude, Homie is up to date on his pop culture shit. I didn't even know about Grumpy Cat until I saw Sheik's tweet about it. So mm-hmm. that's, uh, I mean, we try to keep people up to date on what's going on in pop culture and in entertainment, but the Sheik is really, he's doing the legwork here. I call you a punk. Let's shout out our sponsors. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Mathis Designs. It's etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. And of course, Mike's Wood. Etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed to get your wood worked. I've never heard an inhaling orgasm. That was a different. That was a new experience for me, and I frankly I liked it. I liked it. I am the queen. 
There we go. <laughs> um, let's see. What's going on here today? Uh, let's talk about a little TV. That's what she said. TV. So, Seth, it was a big week for TV. Within the last seven days, we have had finales for two of the biggest shows of all time. Big Bang Theory ended uh, last week Thursday with its big finale. And then, um, uh, shit, what's the name of the HBO show? Um, uh, Oz. Oz, yeah. Oz ended uh, this past Sunday with its epic finale as well. And, uh, of course, we're talking about Game of Thrones. And neither of these are shows we watch, so we don't really have a lot of opinions about how they ended. But the funny thing, or the, the not funny haha, but the, the interesting thing about both these shows is the reviews from both of those finales have not been super positive. At the very least, they've been mixed. And some people are very upset with how things have ended for both of those shows. And, uh, and people are complaining. And so I don't, I guess for you, Seth, if you've really enjoyed a show for, you know, the majority of its tenure and then they do a poor job of sort of landing the bird at the end, how, how much does that affect your enjoyment and your memory of the show as a whole? Um, I'm usually good at separating it for, Mm -hmm. for the most part. Um, well, I mean, we'll talk about this kind of later with, with, uh, with certain things, but, (laughs) um, cryptic, um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh no it's uh it depends on and on like in what circumstance they end i guess because mm-hmm. i can like there's certain there's certain shows where maybe the last episode is really good but the entire last season was bad or the or vice versa and for i think it's a really rare thing for like breaking bad like a show like breaking bad and honestly like that's one of the few shows i can think of honestly that was was consistently good throughout, and the finale left people happy. There's not a lot of shows, even like I mean, you look at a lot of these phenomenon shows, like your your Breaking Bad's or Game of Thrones. Actually, I would say not, not exclude Breaking Bad. Your Game of Thrones or your Sopranos were these shows that were huge. Everyone was talking about them and loved them, whatever. And then it ended. And the the last episode is is poop. People don't like it, and I think that does. When people look back, that's always the first thing that people mention, is, especially with Sopranos. That's, I've heard that for years. That finale happened years and years ago, but that was a big thing. Like, oh, that show's so good, but that ending, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Breaking Bad, people just look back and say that show was excellent. No, yeah. no one sa- no one looks back and says the finale was you know so so or you know the finale was good. I mean, I it was satisfying. That was the thing is the finale was satisfying. Might not have been the best episode of the series, which a lot of people were hoping for, but it was it was satisfying. And it and so yeah, I, I think for the majority of people to answer your original question, for for the majority of people, I think it does. For me though, I'm pretty good at, at separating them. Yeah, it's an interesting thing because it, well, I think probably the hardest thing that you have to do as a show writer is figure out how does all this end? You know, where, mm-hmm. where do we leave everything? You know, I think, I think as it relates to Game of Thrones, and I don't know a lot about Game of Thrones, but what I'm hearing from other people is that the ending is an ending. That is a, it is a rounded off, the show is over, all, everything got solved. But I think the, the solutions that they had, the answers that they gave to the questions we were asking, people disagreed with. And that's an interesting thing, and it's something we're going to talk about later in the show as well, where it's like, is it a bad episode, or do you just not like what happened? And I think mm-hmm. those are two different things. Yep. 
I kind of wanted okay. to touch on um, touch on the Big Bang Theory. So I didn't. I knew that it was ending, but I didn't realize that this is the week it was ending. And it's mm. weird because that show was so big, like people love that show. And you think like the end of that would have had a lot more fanfare around it. And I didn't see a thing on Twitter about it. And and for, because it was such a big show, even like normal people who, you know, just like the casual audience who aren't like big fans of it, you'd still see normally tweets about it, you know, like, like how I met your mother, for, ex- for example, that was one where everyone was tweeting about that ending. You know, and Big Bang Theory really didn't have that. I, th- I think that's kind of weird. Um, it's it's interesting because I think that's a type of show that overstayed its welcome, and people just didn't care anymore. You know, yeah. whereas people like with Game of Thrones, people people cared. Uh, it didn't overstay its welcome yet. So I think that's another factor when it comes to TV shows: is does it overstay its welcome? Is it people still interested in it or not? I mean, even with How I Met Your Mother, despite how it ended. Um, people were still interested. People are still into it and wanted to know how it ended because they were still at least able to keep intrigue. And mm-hmm. like Big Bang Theory, I don't think it'll. That's a show like maybe five years ago, people would have said, "Oh, it's one of the best, you know, the multi-cam sitcoms ever." And now, I don't know if people put it up there. Well, How I Met Your Mother and Game of Thrones, I think, have the benefit of there is a central question that we've always been trying to answer in this show. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so the logical thing is just to answer that question. And that's what mm-hmm. those finales did. Big Bang doesn't really have that. And a lot of, a lot of shows that, that do a poor job of landing, they just, there's, not a, there's not a purpose. There's not a thing we've been driving at this whole time. And so it makes it difficult to choose that thing. And I think, so I think, I think yes, I think, I think Big Bang did overstay its welcome in the end. But also, I, I, I'm, I would say probably more than that, uh, it was just overshadowed by Game of Thrones. And I think that yeah. everyone was so excited about the Game of Thrones finale that they didn't have the extra energy to expend. And CBS did try making a big deal of it. They had the entire cast on Colbert, I think, that night, uh, right after the right after the finale aired. They had the whole cast on there, um, you know, cheering stories and crying and stuff. And so uh, <laughs> CBS made a big deal of it. But yeah, I think it's well, it's a few things. One, I think it was overshadowed by Game of Thrones. Two, like you said, overstayed its welcome. And three, it's it's a it's a you know a network show. And how much. You know, when's the last time people gave a shit about a network show ending? You know, it might be How I Met Your Mother, the last time something like that happened. Because I think less people are watching those shows now and less people are passionate about those shows now. It's these hour-long dramas that have really garnered people's attention and people's energy. And mm-hmm. I think even a fan who watches Big Bang Theory every week probably doesn't think about it while they're not watching it. And I think that's a part of it, too. It's just the type of show that it is doesn't necessarily lend itself to a huge... Uh, a huge round off at the end, like shows like How I Met Your Mother and Friends and like Seinfeld and things like that in the past have done, because I think the landscape of TV has changed. And I think that's part of what you're seeing as well. Right. The premium, the premium cable, you know, uh, streaming service, that's, I mean, that's TV now, you know, everything that's a half an hour and on network with commercials, you know, 22 minute sitcoms and stuff like people watch them. Yeah. But I Mm -hmm. don't think anybody really gives a shit about them. We've been talking about disappointing finales, and um, we thought that would make a good uh, topic for this week's Mambo Number 5. And it's interesting because we almost always do, um, you know, positive things. Best this, best that, favorite this. Um, But this may be the first time, at the very least, it's a rare thing, that we're going to count down our top five, or I guess our bottom five, most disappointing finales. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo Number 5. So I'm assuming, for me, these are all from TV. 
Is that mm-hmm. the case for you as well? Okay. Yeah. So we're talking about a final episode or a final season even of, of shows that we liked that did a poor job of ending it, and, and we're counting those down today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's my week to go first. Yeah. I think we're going to have a lot of crossover. Um, and frankly, I just don't watch a lot of TV. So I, I had a hard time coming up with this list. There's not a lot of TV shows that I've watched from beginning to end. Um, and I had to cheat on one of these. Um, but, uh, but we will do it. So let's, let's jump into it. Number five. So this is, this isn't even a show that I've watched from beginning to end, but I, I, I've seen enough of the show and I know how it ends. Uh, so I know enough of it to be annoyed by it. Uh, and I have Seinfeld at number five. Okay. And if you don't know about Seinfeld's ending, do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's basically like uh, George and um, and Jerry and Elaine are on trial now, basically for being shitty people. And so they're flashing back to episodes earlier where they were like dicks, and they're on trial for being dicks. And I think they all go to jail, and that's how the show ends. And it's a very weird... It, it was disjointed from the whole rest of the series because it didn't quite make sense. It was weirdly meta in a way the show never really was before. And it just seemed like a really disjointed... Also, I think maybe before Game of Thrones was one of the biggest you know, ratings ever and may still be up there you know, in the top three or five or whatever. And uh, it just was a weird... I've seen that episode and it's just so weird if you've seen other episodes of Seinfeld for that to have been the... Like, it's basically a clip show you know, in a way. And, um, you know, they're bringing on a lot of characters and reminiscing. And I get the idea of wanting to reminisce and, you know, have the whole cast show up and stuff. But the the format of that episode was just very, very strange. Yeah, I, I, I've i never been a huge, like, oh, if it's on, it used to be on, like, syndication and stuff. And I'd watch, like, my parents would have it on, and you know, I'd watch it. But I don't think I've ever seen the finale, but I've seen clips of it. But I've heard how bad that finale is. People hate it. So, mm-hmm. Uh, my number five might be a punt, um, more than likely is, or not a punt, sorry, kick the can. Uh, <laughs> I have the last season of The Office. Ooh, you know what? So I don't have this on my list because I forgot, mm-hmm. And um, but you, you go first. I do have some thoughts on The Office. You go first. Okay. So that finale, this excludes the finale because I love the final episode. The final episode mm-hmm. is fucking excellent. There's that line that Ed Helms says. Oh, don't about, even say it. Or you're going to make me cry. <laughs> he says about like you, how, like how you wish you knew that you were in the good times when they're happening or whatever. I fucked that one up all entirely. But um, that line is fucking, that's crushing. And that where they're all in the office together again. Like that, that finale is awesome. But that last season is just a giant butt. It is awful. <laughs> that season is so bad. Oh, fuck. I just got so mad about that season, I threw my phone and stomped on it. Um, <laughs> um, That'll teach no, him. <laughs> exactly. Just like the Jim and Pam, like, divorce, like, not divorce, but like splitting up type thing. And, you know, like, they clearly. Not, you know, not everyone was available for filming all the time, so they just—it was all jumbled and messed up. And the vibe of this, the entire feel of it, just didn't feel good. They tried inserting two new characters in the last season of the show, and I love Clark Duke and the guy who played Plop, but they're—they're <laughs> they're, like I like them as actors, but like they just tried inserting new characters in the last season like that, like regular characters. That doesn't make any sense. That entire last season is is awful. 
It's but and like we were talking about in Seinfeld, like they change also they they kind of change the format of the show in a weird way because they start making the cameraman and the sound guy a, yep, a yep. character in the show, which I hated. Um, but other than that, you said exactly what I was going to say. Most of that season sucks, but that last episode is perfect. Oh yeah, when Michael shows up at Ugh. the end with oh man, oh man. Ugh, you're All gonna right. get me going about the office. Office made me cry like a thousand times, but that's yeah. that's a different discussion. Maybe we'll do Mama Number Five at times. Cody cried. <laughs> uh, the one time he played VR and got <laughs> snuck up on by a guy in a pig mask. That's real. Those were fear tears. <laughs> Number four. This is one. Maybe, maybe you don't have on your list, but I know it's a show that we both watched. I I didn't. I really didn't like the last season of New Girl. And yeah, no, they, I liked the last season. Yeah, I, I, you're you're more okay with flash forwards than I am. I am not a fan of the X years later, here's everyone's life, you know, down the road. I I don't know. It just seemed very disjointed. And and this is, I think, Big Bang Theory is a similar had the similar problem to this when the show is largely about people who are like twenty somethings without their life put together. And then over the course of the show, you're you're happy to watch them put their life together. But then eventually there's a point where their life is together and that's not very entertaining, you know? And so I think in the last season of New Girl, I think what's happening is Nick is trying to ask Jess to marry him. Everyone else is married with kids. The whole, like there's not really any conflict. It's funny. There's good jokes and stuff in it, but I, it didn't have that that charm of everyone being a total mess that the earlier seasons did. And for me, it just didn't land. And I think a part of that was the fast forward. And then they also got canceled at a time when I don't think they thought they were going to. And it was a shortened last season. So I think that had some effect. But I think that was as much of of the show had sort of, it had exhausted its usefulness before the last season. Like if it had ended the way the very, the final episode of the second to last season, which is Nick and Jess in the elevator is the way that episode ends. I think that would have been a more fitting end than what they ended up having. Um, but again, a lot of that's my preference because I don't like flash forwards like that. No, I, I, yeah, I, I like that season. I mean, yeah, there was there was it was eight episodes, so it kind of was rushed. And and um, I, I see what you're saying about not a lot. I, I mean, there really was never that much conflict at all with with these the show to begin with, other than mm-hmm. I guess like some of Jess's relation, Nick and Jess's relationships, but. You kind of, I think you kind of needed to show that. Like I did, I if it would have ended in the season prior in the elevator, I would have been fine with it. But I, I think that's the type of show you kind of need to see. At least in my opinion, you need to see the the, you know them because the whole show is about them all moving in together. I think you kind of needed to see them all move out and and move on. And I really liked that the in the last episode the they show like a kind of a little bit of a another flash forward with like the kids and stuff. I liked. I thought it was satisfying. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and it, it's the last episode I was a little more okay with because doesn't it end with like a really great Winston prank. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and so that that like the last episode in of itself was fine, but the whole last season I was just like this is, and maybe I just grew out of the show. Maybe it was that, but uh, for whatever reason that last season just did not connect with me. Well, you suck. Um, <laughs> uh, my number four is again an entire season, but this is definitely true. Uh, that '70s show. Yeah, that, we're gonna we're gonna kick that one. Okay, okay. I've got that higher. Um, <laughs> I think I think our top three might be the same, just with a little scrambled order. So I, um, I, I, think. I don't think I don't think your number one is going to be my number one because I know oh, you didn't okay. watch the show. So oh, even better. Number three. How I Met Your Mother. You got it. That's my number three. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I originally had it higher, but there were the difference between this show and the ones I have above it are 
um, the amount of love I had before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ending. And so, uh, how I met your mother. I, how I met that mama. <laughs> how I met that mama. The last, the last episode, I, I didn't like, but I also didn't like the entire last season. Um, it had some, some good parts to it, but setting the entire season over, I think it's a three day weekend. Mm-hmm. I thought was a strange choice. Yeah. And then also, by the way, we're gonna we're gonna spoil some of these shows, so skip ahead. Um, but having the entire last season be about getting Robin and Barney together and married, and then in the last episode having them divorce like in ten yep. seconds, I thought was such just like a just like a spitting in my face where it's like I spent so much time caring about them and then you just took them away. And then the the whole thing with the mother and how they wrapped her thing up was very frustrating for me because. You know, we spent all that time waiting to see the mom, and it's boom, and she's gone. You know, and it was very strange. I didn't like the flash forward thing. I think part of part of what harmed this was they knew how they wanted to end it from jump mm-hmm. with uh, with Ted and Robin, and and that's fine to to know what you're going to do. But I think the show meandered around long enough that it got away from that. And I think they should have rethought their original idea at the ending because mm-hmm. I think that that was a disservice to the wider show to end it that way. That was that was, that was my thought. I, I think that, and I, I think that's common. I don't think I'm saying anything that yeah. nobody knows. Is that about what your thoughts were too? Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I think I don't have a problem with him ending up with Robin at all. Like that, that's fine with me. I think that's that that's a lot of people's problem. I think the way that they did it, like you said, though, was kind of just kind of, kind of felt cheap. If it would have been like, because the the mother was introduced at the end of the previous season um, mm-hmm. to kind of show her, like if they would have had them meet early on, or even at the end of the previous season, or have them meet early on in, in the final season, because it was a full season, it was a twenty two episode season. Um, so if they would have had them meet, you know, right away and kind of you you spend like half a season with them together, and then have her like if they would have just spread their relationship out through and you know, just like you said skip the fucking wedding with barney and or not skip it but just like do it real quick like they did all the other weddings on the show and mm-hmm. kind of spend time with them even do i mean i don't care do a flash forward bit kind of go through that and then then he ends up with robin i'm good at that you know like mm-hmm. sp- you know spread it out build the story up instead of just like yeah like you said spend an entire season at this wedding and then at the last episode or two that's when you speed it for like speed it ahead but yeah I, I didn't like that at all i just thought it was really weirdly written for a show that had an entire season to end you know mm-hmm. so there there was stuff there that i liked but it, it just, i just think it needed to be done differently yeah i still do the thank you linus joke which is from that <laughs> season yeah uh, yeah so there there is some good stuff in there but yeah just narratively mm-hmm. it was it was strange that they made that choice in the final it's, season it just kind of lost, like, even though they're all together still, it just kind of lost the feel. Like, it's it's one of those shows where the last season just doesn't feel like the rest of the, the run of the show. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, it's hard for me to, to, at the time, or even, you know, even now, to look back on that and be like, oh, that was a good, satisfying ending, because it just, that, that last season just kind of felt like a wash. It didn't feel like much. Quickly, who's your favorite Ted's girlfriend? Probably Victoria. Yeah, Victoria is the correct answer. You're right. Yeah. Um, my uh, honorable mention second would be, I cannot remember what her name was in the show, but the blonde who was like a protester. Zoe? I think and you're she was right. Married, she was married to the captain. 
I loved them. They were horribly, they're horrible for each other, but I enjoyed that part of the mm-hmm. show. Uh, but yeah, Victoria is obviously number one. Yeah, yeah. Number two. I'm willing to bet we have the same number two. You, you, you go. You say you're number two. I have Scrubs. Oh, that's not what I have at number two. Um, I have that '70s show. And yeah, I, I already said that '70s show earlier. More that was my yeah, that was my pun, or my kick the can from earlier. I don't keep track, dude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you had it earlier. Um, hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend we didn't just fuck that up, or I didn't just fuck that up. <laughs> no, you gotta keep it in. <laughs> I I don't want to keep a final fucking keep it in. That '70s show uh, is my number two, and. I mean, it, any, anyone who watches that show knows what I'm talking about. They they have Eric leave in the prior season, which would have made a fine ending for the show. Um, but then they bring in... No, he, he the, doesn't leave the prior season. He leaves at the beginning of uh, the last season. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Him well, and Kelso. What, okay, yeah. So whenever it is they leave, I, I think would have made a more... Uh, more Would have made more sense as the finale. But then they try Actually, to keep no, it okay. going. He, sorry, he does leave at the end of, I think, season eight which I think is the season prior. So the, he's leaves at the finale and then gone. And then it's Kelso who leaves like four episodes into the last season. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. And I, I, I don't know. I, I think it would have been neater if they had wrapped everything up with that prior year, because then they bring, they try to bring back in or they try to bring in the new Eric, which is the, that Myers. I can't even remember. Seth Josh Myers. Myers. Josh Myers. Josh Myers. Yeah. And then he's doing his thing with like Donna and, I think at that point, I think it, it was classic, like, overstayed the welcome. And, um, you know, it just wasn't landing. And Eric was like, he's the main character. You know, you can't really recast your main character. Uh, and, uh, yes, it's an ensemble show and everyone else is great in it. But Eric is still the main character. I don't know. It was just awkward and strange. And the Myers, uh, Josh Myers is fine. I got no problem with him. But he was put into a weird situation. I just think that whole season seemed very disjoint. Uh, and it was not... And my, it, I don't know. I just didn't dig it. I think it, but the, the episode in the prior season when Eric does leave is awesome. They do all the great goodbyes and stuff. It would have made way more sense as a finale in my opinion. Yeah. It's uh that, that, so the reason I had it lower is because I loved the finale. Um, mm. cause I didn't even watch the last season in its entirety live back then. I think I watched like the majority of that show live when new episodes came out. Um, except for that last season, my parents quit watching it, so I did too. But I did watch the watch the actual last episode because I knew that Eric was coming back and all that stuff. They promoted it. Uh, Eric and Kelso were coming back, and so I love that finale so much. Um, there's a there's a little mont like because the, the whole episode is basically like flashbacks um, and and then reuniting and stuff like that. But there's a I'm I still remember there's a montage of of uh eric and donna to this song that's also in 13 reasons why um i don't remember the name of the song but um i loved that montage i was like oh shit because like it went back to and this is like the the finale was like towards the end of our high school time or at least at least in the middle of our high school time so even then i was like having nostalgia about that show because it came out when i was in fucking elementary school you know (laughs) so um it was an old show but I loved the finale, but yeah, that, that that last season of Josh Myers, like he did, he did what he needed to do, but he just didn't have the chemistry there yet. That was another example of like introducing a new character for just the sake of introducing a new character, um, like they did in the Scrubs, it, not the Scrubs, the uh, the Office. <laughs> um, yeah, it just it, the last season didn't flow very well. They lost their two of their most entertaining characters in in uh, Eric and Kelso, and then it kind of was was left on Donna and and Hyde to to 
lead the show, and they're they're much more. I guess Dono kind of had a lot to do in in the entire run, but Hyde was more of a supporting character, and and especially Fez was too. So, yeah, it, it just wasn't obviously for being a huge fan of that show that I am, and can recall a lot of shit about that show. I just wasn't happy with with the way it, the last season was. Yep, we're in agreement on that, and I think most people who are fans of it would uh, would also agree. Much like your number two. Uh, which I have to kick, and we'll talk about it on the other side of you sounding very cool as you say number one. <laughs> number one! <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, my number one is Scrubs. And th- yeah. the, the the thing with Scrubs, the reason it's my number one is it's I'm, I'm on record as saying it's my favorite 30-minute sitcom ever. Mm-hmm. And it has one of my least favorite last seasons. And it's compounded by the fact, well, it's got every problem we've talked about. It had overstayed its welcome. It also changed networks. It introduced new characters. It tried for like a soft reboot, you know, a repilot or whatever in that last season. And the thing that makes me the most upset about it, though, is the the episode, which I, I, I'm assuming, I don't remember, but I'm assuming is the season finale of the prior season when JT... JD, when JD leaves the hospital and they have mm-hmm. the, the hallway with all the people is mm-hmm. the fucking perfect, perfect finale for a show. And it would be number yep. one on perfect finales if we did that list. And then they fucking had to bring it back and wreck yep. it. Uh, so when I go back, I've gone back and watched Scrubs a couple times and I stop there. That's that's the, the finale for me is that episode and everything after doesn't fucking count. Yep. Yeah, that, that, I mean, you said exactly everything that I was going to say about it. Um, yeah, season season eight uh, is the second to last season. Um, that actually had already changed to ABC by that point, too. So even that last, the actual, what oh, would, would have been the last season, it was on ABC. Um, uh-huh. So it, you know, the the change in networks, it didn't really matter at that point. It was, it was it, you know, it was ABC just wanting to get more money out of it because that last season did so well um mm. the show the show still had pretty good ratings and when it moved over and everything people are excited and um the the you know the creator bill lawrence had i think he kind of had this idea in his head of how he wanted to end it all and then you know the abc threw the fucking money truck at him and so uh, they made the scrubs and i think even like when it was on tv it was called scrubs uh, medical school or something like that it wasn't even called like Scrub Season Nine. It was called like it was a separate thing, like Scrubs Medical mm-hmm. School. But it's considered the last season of Scrubs, but because it had JD and Turk and and a little bit of Kelso in it, that show is like you said, it's it's probably the perfect thirty minute sitcom. But that last season with Dave Franco is just fucking atrocious. Uh, it is so bad. Um, and what sucks is I liked the the female character who I think becomes the lead. And starts doing yeah. the the voiceover stuff. I liked yeah. her just fine. I just yeah. didn't want her in my scrubs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and actually, you'd like anytime... you'd like to be in her scrubs though, wouldn't you? Oh Jesus, yeah, I would. Um, <laughs> the so the problem, if if you well, for all the showrunners that are listening to the Soko show, um, if you have a show that is based on education and you find yourself making the original students of your show the teachers, stop. The fucking show that has never worked, and it reminds me of an honorable mention that I'm going to have that should have been in my top five. Do not fucking do that because it's never worked ever. Maybe Schooled, I guess. You you seem to like Schooled, the Goldberg yeah. spinoff. Other than, and that's a spinoff, not a new show. But if you find yourself getting ready to do that, fucking don't. 
Yeah, I mean, fucking Power Rangers Dino Thunder when Tommy became their fucking oh, mentor. Christ. I mean, come on. What are we talking about here? <laughs> well, my number one is a, a show that I think a lot of people were upset with, with, with the finale. Um, it was a show on a premium channel. It's uh, Game of Thrones. I fucking hate that show so much. <laughs> Seth's been secretly Game of- watching Game of Thrones the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Dexter. Um, Dexter is, oh, is the, Dexter. No- the number one. Um, I think a lot of people. This is like one of the examples people use when they when they you know people say bad bad TV finales, bad last season. Like this is both. This is the one on my list that had both a bad. Actually no, I guess I don't I don't remember the Scrubs finale finale. Um, but at least they had one good finale. Dexter didn't have any good finales. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that last season, like how I talked, how I've been talking about, or we've been talking about the when shows in their last season take a departure of what the show was when it when it tries to change up something. This last season of Dexter was one hundred percent just had a completely different feel than all the other seasons of Dexter. It just had a different mood to it. It just it, the characters made decisions that they would hadn't made in the you know seasons prior. Uh, Dexter for some reason becomes a lumberjack uh, at the <laughs> end. I just I, I don't I, I didn't understand really any of the choices that were made. It's that, that last season was pretty much worthless. It it has Yvonne Str- Strahovski in it from uh, Chuck. But she, oh, yeah. like, and she was. That's how I was introduced to her, and I and I didn't mind her character. But um, what what they the decisions they had, like her performance and everything was good, and and she had charisma and everything. Like I liked her as an actress, but the the character and and just the overall choices that were made in that, in that last season were fucking poop. <laughs> and I I loved that show. Um, I, I I binged it real real fast on Netflix and. Everyone had said, "Don't watch the last season. Don't watch the last season," um, and I just did because I'm a completionist. So if I'm into something, I have to watch it, and that's what I did here. And I'm like, "Yeah, you guys were right." <laughs> um, and 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 they provide they provide a you know an end to the show. It's you know it's it, but it's it's just not done well in my opinion. I, I didn't enjoy it, and it wasn't even like a choice of I didn't like it because of. It, it invoked a reaction like a like a Game of Thrones or whatever. This is just I I just thought it's none of it fit and none of it made sense. I just don't think it was done super well in my opinion. I uh, you're right. I have heard that mentioned many times. And I think yesterday, it was yesterday. I was talking to someone at my work exactly about what you're talking about. Dexter mm-hmm. having a disappointing finale. Yep, finale and just final season in general. Yeah. So that is our top five. And I, I think a lot of folks out there in the uh, in the the listening group um, will agree with some of those. Uh, an honorable mention, the honorable mention I was alluding to a second ago, Community had a very mm. poor last season. On the Yahoo? They, on fucking Yahoo. It was like, that show was, it was lit differently in the final season. And yeah, that was very different. disturbing. They had a whole yep. new crew, I think, on. And they're making them, te- you know, like Jeff is a teacher now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've all graduated. Like, if you also, if you have a show about school and the kids graduate, end the fucking show. It's <laughs> it's that e- the, the show should just stop then. Uh, uh, Glee had a similar. Glee had. A, I would add Glee as a as a uh, disappointing finale. That that got bad near the end. They tried kept trying to introduce new stars and just wasn't working. Although it did it did give us um, Melissa Benoist who uh, went on to play Supergirl and, and she's. Um, <laughs> 
So that was that was a good experience. But I think the thing that I'm that I'm realizing as we talk through a lot of these, Seth, is that you can't change the nature of your show in the last season. It just doesn't work. It seems disjointed, mm-hmm. and it never really it just never ends up positive. Yeah. That, that that's that's it that's what shows trying to, to try to do is when when they change the foundation of what the show is and and make the characters too different to just just for the sake of shaking things up that's when they make mistakes breaking bad they built to that point they mm-hmm. they 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 showed who good walter white is and they slowly over time made him into this fucking evil guy and it was an it was a, an obvious progression that they built to Whereas, like, you know, your Dexter's where he goes from fucking, you know, perfect murderer to, you know, woodsman. That doesn't make any sense at all. Like, why, <laughs> why, why is he out there with a beard and fucking flannel? It doesn't make any sense. One of my honorable mentions, you, you mentioned, like, Community was on there. Um, weeds is another one. Uh, mm-hmm. That last season of Weeds is poopy. <laughs> um, but I didn't really care care enough about that show to put. Like, I enjoyed that show, but I just didn't care enough to put it on my list uh, some of these other shows i cared way more about uh, that i have on there so um for a community why i didn't put it on my list is that i think i enjoyed the majority of it too much and, and i the the ending is not memorable which to me means that it wasn't like the worst thing ever <laughs> so yeah that's fair community is one of my top like probably three favorite shows ever so oh, um you know, it's it, it. I love that show a lot, but the the last season, I don't. I don't think I. I don't think I ever hated it, but I never really enjoyed it that much. So for me, it still stays up there. It extra pissed me off because we, well, you had to pay for Yahoo just to watch it, mm-hmm. and then it and then it stunk. So that was doubly disappointing. <laughs> So for the listeners out there, what are some of your most disappointing shows? I think we've gotten nearly all of them, but I'm sure there are more out there. Uh, let us know on the tweets uh, what some uh, what we missed, and uh, maybe you liked some of the endings that we included on our lists. So uh, give us your feedback at underscore Cody Michael, at Seth Water at Soko Show Pod on the Twitter. We're going to revisit this whole idea and this whole phenomenon around this final season of Game of Thrones in a bit. And it's, it's, it's an interesting thing that has come up, and I'm excited to talk a little bit more about it uh, here just a, just a little bit later in the show. Before we move out of TV, though, um, I got to say, regardless of all the, the hoopla and the hootenanny that's going on about outside of this with, with Game of Thrones, I got to say that because there's so much controversy around it, I hate all the controversy that's going on, but part of me selfishly is enjoying it because Breaking Bad is still sitting at the top <laughs> of the perfect series ever made on TV. So Game of Thrones was giving it a run for its money going into this last season. People were raving about it, being it's the best show of all time. And uh, Breaking Bad now, can't touch it. Can't touch <laughs> it. It's still up there on the top. Best show I, ever. I also selfishly kind of enjoy it because, you know, Two months ago, everyone was like, you don't watch Game of Thrones, you suck. And then mm-hmm. like three weeks later, they were like, Game of Thrones sucks. And I was like, wait, I thought it was, I thought it was amazing. <laughs> so. Well, also we have, I mean, quietly, Better Call Saul is doing the same thing Breaking Bad did in terms of enjoyment and all that stuff too. Mm-hmm. And and uh, it's going to be funny because if that show ends up ending like, like it's tracking right now into being, you know, an amazing ending... <laughs> the Breaking Bad quote-unquote universe is going to have two shows that 
have perfect like arcs and and game of thrones is all their fans are going to still be complaining about the the last season <laughs> i yeah if, if that does happen and i, I suspect it will um i think you're going to start seeing a lot of copycat type stuff um not not the material necessarily but the way that they made the show with the plan from the get-go and well vince gilligan will keep getting more work for sure I've watched a lot of one of the shows we'll be talking about in the TV corner, uh, Barry. I've watched a lot of um, interviews and, and stuff like that with Bill Hader over the last uh, week or so. Admits in, in those interviews that a lot of his inspiration for Barry and the way that he's kind of planned everything out is from Breaking Bad. He's talked with Vince Gilligan and stuff like that. And it's very it's so it's 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 such a similar show in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And and uh which is why I love Barry so much. <laughs> but <laughs> I do fucking love Barry. Um, that's actually a very good segue. Uh, Barry is one of four shows. That's right. In back-to-back weeks, Seth is doing some serious fucking work because we have another TV room or a TV house, if you will. Oh, hi, Mark. Four, four TV corners coming at you. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Four shows, um, I, I I can't think of a logical order to go in with these, uh, so I'll let, I'll let you choose the order. I've seen one of these shows, of course, Barry, I keep up with as well. Actually, there's a second one in there that I watch, but I'm not caught up on. Um, so I'll let you choose the order, what you want to do first. So we'll finish out with Barry so we can do that one together and see, uh, so figure out a score. I, ha- I already have what the score is going to be out of, so you don't need to choose that. Okay. Um, I have to score but- Barry. Okay. Yeah, so think of your score for that. So I'll start with, we'll do the CW shows first. Uh, we'll start with the uh, quick one, and that's going to be Supergirl. It's <laughs> a nice four. way It's a nice way of putting it. Um, did, did, you stu- did you snort a line of cocaine? What the fuck was that? <laughs> that was the goose. It does kind of sound like that. Though, oh, my it? God. I thought you were fucking getting all ripped and roaring for this fucking podcast. Was, was I'm just dope. really excited to talk about Barry. So I had to bump one off of my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> now that's never going to be the goose hiss. Uh, that's going to be the coke line now forever. Oh, man. You got to keep that in. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's funny. All right. So, yeah. Su- Supergirl. Um, this season, they, so there was kind of two main villains in this one. The first half was, there's like this group that's basically, they kind of do the storyline of like, basically this group is like Trump where they're trying to get illegal aliens. But in in this case, they're actual aliens. (laughs) They're trying to get them out of here and like (laughs) registered and stuff. (laughs) Isn't that fucking dumb? But, uh, the leader of them is, uh, none other than... It's not going to matter to anyone else but us, but Sam Witwer um, from the movie Trivia Schmodown, former Star Wars champion. He, he's the he's the leader. I liked him a lot in this, actually. Um, he, he's a good actor. I like him. He's ahead of, like, this division that's trying to to get rid of aliens and make people unafraid of him. He's basically, like, the kind of like the Trump of them and stuff. And that ends up bleeding into a storyline where Lex Luthor gets introdu- introduced, who's played by John Cryer from Two and a Half Men. Which I actually did kind of like him as Lex Luthor. I thought he did a good job. They shaved his head up, and and he's pretty charismatic and stuff because he's actually you know like an actor uh, compared to some of these other people in the show. Um, he's done he's done other work. He's in like five or so episodes, but he kind of really ends up being the big bad of this season um, through kind of being like the puppet master type thing. 
but I mean, these these fucking shows need to stop being 22 episodes. There's mm-hmm. so much shit that they put in this that doesn't matter. Like, you could condense the this entire season probably into three useful episodes. If they would give them 12 episodes, I think that would be way more of a, of a useful, t- you know, b- part of their time. And, like, I, would, I think, like... Well, no, maybe it's just one one week of those episodes is the is the crossover stuff, which is the best stuff of the season is the crossover stuff. the The unfortunate thing is that part of the show is like a you know continuous story, and then part of the show is like a serialized, uh, like a procedural type thing. And so, just none of these shows really flow that well, other than probably one of the other shows I'll review here coming up, which which is Legends, uh, because of the way that the show's structured, but. Yeah, I, I like Sam Witwer. I, I liked John Cryer, but the rest of the show is just it. It's the same melodramatic stuff. It's the same. It, it just it feels feels like they're doing the same thing over and over again, and it's it's just it's just annoying. So I gave this season a Supergirl because I liked some of the the villains and stuff. I gave it two point eight two and a half Lexes. <laughs> Lex, 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 Manly, Lex, 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 Lex. <laughs> I'd watch that show. Yeah. I did like him. His Lex Luthor was good. I, I mean, I think the, honestly, I think, I never really watched the old Batmans, but, or not Batmans, the old Supermans, but um, my my favorite Lex is probably uh, um, Michael Rosenbaum from Smallville, but John Cryer was pretty close in just the, the few episodes that I watched him, so I did like him. Michael Rosenbaum. Very cool. Um, Supergirl is one Good that I response. know. <laughs> I don't want to spend too much time on Supergirl because I know it's it's dog poo and we want to get on to better stuff. Um, yeah. But this is still one you're you're not you're not going to decommit though. You're going to stay on it. Yeah, I have to because all so all of these every single of the CW shows the last episode had tie-ins to Crisis, the Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is which is like the Infinity War, Civil War type thing of DC Comics is Crisis. And so I'm ex- really excited because next season, like, it seems like the last season of Arrow is just going to be that. Like, because it's only eight episodes, it seems like Arrow is going to be just, because it feels like they wrapped everything up for Arrow for the actual stuff. So the last season is going to be Crisis. The same thing with, with Barry, they the the guy who kind of runs the Crisis, like the Thanos type looking guy. What He um, needed Barry for something and, and kind of took him away. Um, they And then they hinted in Supergirl and... Um, legends at this guy being involved in their shows too so i'm excited for that i think that's gonna be fucking awesome uh because they're gonna introduce a whole bunch of these like all every single cw character will be in there plus i think they're gonna i th- think i read that they they might do batman in that might get permission for batman and stuff so uh it seems it seems like they're gonna just throw like every dc thing that they can at it because they have to get permission from warner brothers to use certain characters like i heard an interview with john crier before this the season and he said uh, or before he was on the show, and they said that like he contractually he was able to do like five episodes, and so like Warner Brothers leases out these characters essentially, and so I think for this crisis thing they're gonna lease out a bunch of characters. So I'm excited for that. Well, that should be cool. Ho- I-, I hope it's cool because you've donated a lot of your time to Supergirl being poopy. Uh, mm-hmm. So I hope that it pays off for you for sure. Yep. And uh, one more CW show for this season. And uh, I hope you liked it a little bit. C-Dope. Um, yeah, no, Legends Tomorrow. This is one that I've always always reviewed really well. And 
it's it, it's pretty much the you know the more of the same here. Um, I this cast is fucking perfect. Um, they really didn't change much. They just added Constantine this season. Um, so he was the guy, uh, Matt Ryan, not the mm. quarterback from the Falcons. Um, he, uh, <laughs> oh, I wish he, he's he's the guy who did Constantine when they had the TV show back. Like God, I don't know how many years Six, ago. Seven years ago, and it's a while. Second, yep. And it's the same guy. They they brought him in towards the end of last season of Legends and in an Arrow too. He was in a couple episodes of Arrow last year. Um, and then he was a full-time cast member this season. Um, I liked the addition of him. He he plays off well because he's very sarcastic and all that stuff. And this season was all based around magic of some kind. And uh, other than that, I mean, they just kept kept the cast the same. Um, it's it, I mean, this show is, is a lot of a procedural. I mean, they, they did have a running storyline through this one. But, you know, they go to different times to, you know, kind of solve different saw different uh, issues in the in the time the the uh, the timeline and stuff like that. They still do a lot of that, but a lot of it also tied into the main story. Uh, they they did introduce uh, one other actually they did introduce one other character who kind of was like werewolf type power type things. She she was cool. I mean she 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 interacted well. She was very dorky and nerdy, but then when she got aggravated, she became a werewolf. But she was a fun addition. Sarah Lance, uh, White Canary, is is the perfect lead for the show. She, like, she, she is a hundred percent into that role uh, as as kind of like a leader, but also very funny and sarcastic. And uh, she she is from her original her original start in Arrow to being kind of you know being part of the storyline with with uh, Black Canary and and all that stuff and and coming back from the dead and all that. Uh, to what she is now, it's I, I love seeing where she's at now, and and she, her her character is perfect, um, and really the entire cast, Heatwave is perfect, um, Brandon Routh is as uh, Ray Palmer is is perfect. Like I just, I just love the cast of the show, and they all interact super well. Um, it's fun to watch them go back in in time and just you know kind of screw around with stuff that that happened back in the day, to, whether it's back in the '90s or back in the you know 1770s or whatever. So. It's 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 a lot of fun. I love that show. They 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 have a lot of running jokes like this uh, this Bebo thing that's uh, it appears all throughout time. It's like a stuffed animal. They they have all like running jokes with like Heatwave always eating and drinking and stuff. And it's just at this point with where it's at, it's it knows what it is and it continues to do that and it, and it still freshens it up. They tweak it just enough, but it's 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 just a lot of fun. So I'm gonna give it four point two Bebos out of five. 4.2, that's a good score, Legend of Tomorrow. So I, I can't remember how you ranked uh, or how you rated Arrow and Flash, but if you had to order the four shows, how do you have them? I think I had Arrow at the same score, if not maybe a little higher. I can't remember. I'd, st- I'd go Arrow just by a slight margin, then Legends, then Flash, then Supergirl. Supergirl yeah. is the bottom. <laughs> yeah, um... No surprise there. And you're a fan of, of this Legends. You really are because, like you said, you've always reviewed it well, um, mm-hmm. at least on this show. And uh, I've seen some episodes, and it's I can see the appeal. Uh, it's not something that I've, I've watched myself other than just catching a couple episodes with you. But I, I can vouch for the fact that this, this cast does work very well together. And they've almost got like a Suicide Squad feel to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a shame that that the the movie Suicide Squad wasn't nearly as good as any episode of of Legends of Tomorrow. But <laughs> I'm glad that that show is holding up. That that's that's cool. 
So we will, uh, as the arrow, as it's related to the Arrowverse, we'll we'll stay tuned to hear your thoughts on the Crisis on Infinite Earths this fall, uh, and of course the the wrapping up of Arrow. Uh, but to leave the Arrowverse and leave the CW, uh, I guess we're going to go to uh, formerly on Fox, now on NBC, uh, the latest season of Brooklyn Nine Nine. And uh, I've seen most of these episodes. I think I've I've got like three or four left at the end of this season. And um, and in my opinion, it's if you didn't tell me that it was on NBC now, I would not have noticed. It, the show seems largely the same with without any significant yeah. changes. How how did you enjoy the final or the most recent season of Brooklyn Nine Nine? Yeah, I definitely agree with what you said there. I mean. Brooklyn is one of those shows, kind of like a new girl, where just, you know, there's not a ton of overlapping storylines and stuff. Um, and especially, I think, coming over to NBC, they stayed away from, like, an overarching storyline this season. Because some of the seasons, like, there's been, like, Holt feuds with uh, that one lady Munch. who wants to be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one, yeah. Yeah. So there's been, you know, other seasons that have kind of overarching storylines, and this one really didn't. I guess maybe, like... Um, Terry becoming lieutenant. I think he's trying to become lieutenant. That happens throughout the the majority of the season. But that that's not a bad thing. That's like that's not a negative. Like I this type of show, I don't need an overarching storyline. Just give me a fun premise um, and finish it by the time that thirty minutes is done, and and I'm I'm happy with it. The show doesn't really skip a beat. The only thing that that I think kind of sucked was that Gina left the season, mm-hmm. and and she does pop in a few times. Um, after she, her official departure happens, but um, she is a f- really fun part of the show, and it, it it sucks not having her on. I mean, the the, ca- the rest of the cast still gels super well, and they they you know it's not like they need her on the show, but she's she's a really good addition, and and I will miss having her on the show. And and there's some moments where you know I just kind of wish there was a little bit of because her comedy and. and the way that she delivers lines is a lot different than a lot of the other people on the show. Mm-hmm. And so that her type of comedy, the more dry stuff is, is uh, going to be missed, I think. So, um, but I still enjoy the show a lot. Um, they, they, they did, uh, of course do the heist episode. Mm-hmm. Um, they did it instead of Halloween on Cinco de Mayo because of the whole <laughs> premiering late. So that, that was a lot of fun. Um, that episode contained a, a line that that fucking almost made me throw up. I was laughing so hard. Um, <laughs> there, there's a point where so the dude in the heist and Cheddar is involved, um, oh, okay. and and Holt goes, "Cheddar, you duplicitous bitch!" <laughs> <laughs> and the way that he delivered that fucking made me cry. I was I was laughing so hard. Uh, Holt, I mean Holt is. Other than Gina, probably my favorite character because of the way that that he, the way that he delivers his lines. <laughs> because especially this season, it seems like he was doing more of like sassy stuff in it. So mm-hmm. he like he like he was doing like this bitch, like he was saying bitch a lot in this season. <laughs> yeah, bitch. Yes, bitch. He would do stuff like that. <laughs> when it, I think and Gina, uh, Gina used to get a lot of that out of him. She'd get him to say like a yas queen. And he fucking, oh God, he's just so serious all the time that everything he fucking says is hilarious. They've done a great job with him. It's so good. So yeah, they're getting another season. I'm excited for that. And, uh, you know, as long as they keep doing what they're doing, I am excited to see, to see where this goes. And they did leave it on a note that kind of leads it into what, what next season will, will look like. But 
Uh, I'm excited. I, I love the show a lot. So I'm going to give it a solid 4, 4.0 duplicitous bitches out of 5. <laughs> that is a good one. I have not finished the season, but I, I would probably track in that same area. I, I am enjoying it, and uh, I think that the quality has, has maintained at its Fox level uh, with the move to NBC. So that's welcome news. So let's move on to the best show on HBO, Barry. And this is a show. <laughs> this is a show that both of us watch. And so um, I'll let you you start, and then I'll give my thoughts too. Um, so this is Bill Hader as uh, as the you know the hitman turned actor, uh, and second season for for Barry on HBO. So what, what what did you think? So there will be some, I guess, some spoilers for season one in this one because you kind of can't really talk about the season without mm-hmm. talking about the last season. So this one obviously picks up where the last one left off. Uh, Barry has um, killed, I can't remember the, the name. Do you remember her name? Uh, I cannot. They called her by her last name all the time, and I can't remember. Yeah, she was a detective from the first season is trying to figure out basically who Barry was, and she ends up doing that. He kills her at, uh, she was dating Henry Winkler's character. And he kills her at the the lake house they're at, and that's kind of where the main the main driving point of a good part of the season is like uh, Henry Winkler's character now like grieving and and them like there wasn't really an official he doesn't believe that you know she, he he thinks that she was killed and didn't like disappear and all this stuff like everyone else thinks she does, um, but it's also now too the struggle with with Barry and that's kind of like the I think that the meat of the show is is Barry dealing with trying to get away from being a killer, but all in dealing with the repercussions of that and also trying to get into his new life with, with his girlfriend and also becoming an actor and stuff like that and being pushed back into this world and that struggle, which is again, kind of breaking badass right there where, you know, Walter is, he has this life where he's a family and he has a teaching job, but he's also in this world of drugs, you know, same, a lot, a lot of similarities there with, with Barry. I mean, th- this season, there is so much, interesting shit that happens in it the the thing that this show does perfectly is end effort every episode where you want to immediately see the next episode holy shit yeah i the, so this is one of this is a show and i don't do this often but this is a show i watch every week as like as soon as it comes out mm-hmm. and it is exhausting to like have a have an episode end and you're like what and now i have to wait a week like mm-hmm. people who go back and binge this show later which we are highly recommending you do are going to have such an easier time than we have watching the show because you're right. It's cliffhangers nonstop. It is. Yeah. And that's, again, I, I've, because the show is so fucking good, I've gone back and, and listened to a lot of stuff Bill Hader's talked about. And he talks about how a lot of shows, when they have like a major plot point, they will drag it out for an entire season or multiple seasons. And there, he said there's multiple times in the show where he is, had these ideas and instead of being like, you know, we'll wait till, you know, season two to do that. He's just like, might not be a season two or why wait? Just do it. If you have this mm-hmm. idea and it's, it sounds awesome and you have a way to get to it that makes sense, just do it. You'll come up with another idea later or the show just won't be as good. And because he's doing all this stuff and he has all these ideas and he already he's talked about it. he knows how the show is going to end. He knows what he wants to do to end the show. Like. I have so much faith in this guy for what he's done in these first two seasons. I mean, episode I think episode five is the episode that everyone loved with this little girl who's oh my uh, can God. do all these crazy stunts. The show does different things with different, especially that episode. That episode was in basically an episode by itself, but it still fit in with the show and made sense with the show. But 
they are trying different things and going different routes and taking you on this journey that you don't really know where it's ever going to go, but it all fits within the structure of it. And it doesn't ever feel like it's too much. It feels perfect for what it's supposed to be. Um, it's super funny when it needs to be funny. It's super dramatic when it needs to be dramatic. It's It, it has action and gore, but it also has heart. It's, it is the perfect show right now that's on TV. It's probably in my top. Like, I liked the first season a lot. Season two is amazing. And it, it's, it, it rivals up there for one of my favorite seasons of TV. My favorite, I think my favorite character in TV right now is NoHo Hank. That guy is so <laughs> fucking funny. He is perfect. He is so good. He played Victor's ass on Gotham. And he is, that, that guy, and, and again, from what I've heard from the background stuff, the majority of what he comes up with is that actor. It's not written. <laughs> there's just like there, there's there's so much shit that that guy does. Is that that the way his his facial expressions and his reactions to things that add so much to a scene that like in times will be serious or may, maybe not necessarily serious, but just like the way he reacts, it adds so much to it. He he is perfect. But yeah, this this show has everything you could want out of a show um, in 30 minutes and it's it is absolutely perfect I, I love the show a lot I think I, I guess there are a few times where the show does drag a little bit like I honestly I think the some of the stuff with Barry and his girlfriend although I like that actress I just am not fully into I think that's my only gripe is I just don't like I've never really liked their relationship mm-hmm And so I think, I think that's my, and I think that's part of the show is like, you're not supposed to like her, so you don't like their relationship. But I think that's just one thing I wish kind of wasn't a main focal point of the show, uh, as, as it has been. And that's probably my one, my one, you know, drop down in in the score. So do you want to talk about it before we give our scores? I do, because that's a perfect point to bounce off of, um, I, I don't love everything going on with the two of their relationship, but Sarah Goldberg is the actress that plays uh, the female lead in this is fucking amazing in yeah. this show. Is there is is there a supporting actress Emmy? Yes, because uh what's her face? Um from Does Alex Alex Borstein get nominated for it for uh yes. Mrs. Yes. Maisel. Um, yes. and she, she's great. I think she won it. She won okay. it. And she's great, but but what Sarah Goldberg is doing, she's the hardest working actor on that show, I think. She's doing a lot. And and she's she's doing this thing where she's acting like she's acting. And I always am so impressed with people that do that. And she has a really interesting her where they leave her story at the end of season two is one of the things that I'm most interested to go back to and hear more about because she has this really interesting arc where these, she's got these conflicting values of like art versus truth versus fame and success and everything is kind of crashing on her at the same point. And then um, she's she's having to do like I said, she acting wise, she's working harder than everyone else on that show. And she is brilliant. She makes me cry in that show like two or three times. And she is incredible. Um, Henry Winkler is doing some, I think he won a supporting actress Emmy or actor Emmy last year, or at least was nominated. Uh, Henry Winkler is great in this season with what he's doing. Um, of course, Bill Hader, he'll probably win again. I think he's doing at least as good, if not better. Uh, mm-hmm. in this season than in the last. Everyone is, is just banging on all cylinders here, and I think that one of the things that um, that we haven't mentioned is the when we're talking about like the, the 
the cliffhangers at the end of most of these episodes, it's because this plot shifts a lot. Uh, and you're talking about like these story arcs going over what a typical show would let go an entire season or two. Um, they're doing they're doing arcs that are one episode or two episodes, and then they're mm-hmm. taking sharp turns and going here's something new all the time. So it's keeping you guessing constantly, which is something that I know people often say they love about Game of Thrones. In Barry, like I never, I I've never, I'm never able to predict what's going to happen on an episode of Barry. They're constantly keeping me guessing, and it's, I mean, it's just like you said, it's funny, it's got great action, it's very emotional, and it's 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 as good a show as I'm watching right now. It's probably my favorite show on right now, and I'm so excited yeah. for season three when it comes back, and I think this is going to win a lot of awards. I really do. Yeah, I think other than, I mean, I think Maisel's my obviously my favorite show uh, on TV. And I think Better Call Saul is pretty close up there, but Barry is Barry has, and like I said, I liked the first season quite a bit, but this season was pretty much perfect. And and uh, I think the only the only season I've rated as perfect was Ma- Mrs. Maisel. So yeah, for scores, uh, why don't you go ahead and give your score? Okay, I'm I'm gonna come in. I I don't I don't know that any show is perfect besides Scrubs. Um, <laughs> I'm going to come in very close to perfect, though. I'm going to say it's like a 4.8. I'm going to say 4.8. That's exactly my score, 4.8. It, my, my rating is uh, blood spatter and belly laughs out of five. <laughs> that is a perfect way to describe Barry. If you're not watching Barry and you're listening to this review, at least for myself personally, I cannot recommend anything more strongly than Barry. Uh, I think most people will find something to love about this show, and I, anyone who, who has the ability to should watch it immediately. I'm uh, I'm gonna get equally passionate about another thing in a little bit, but that's I'll, I'll try to keep it relatively low key. <clears throat> so without getting into screaming and and being hyper emotional, go watch Barry. I implore you to do so. You will not you will not regret it. So uh, for once again four TV corners. Uh, what can we expect for next week? You got more stuff still wrapping up? Um, I don't think anything. I think this is it. I'm gonna have a little bit more free time. I think um, with when it comes to TV. Let's see what I have upcoming. We got more premieres coming up. It's summertime. Yeah, yeah. So I I got to finish up Sneaky Pete. Uh, I think that that I might be able to get to that. Um, but now that recording Sundays, I don't know if we'll be able to get off of, if I'll be able to get to it. So we might be TV cornerless next week. But um, at the very least, in in a couple of weeks, we'll have uh, Sneaky Pete coming up. Well, there you go. That's the tease for what's to come. But the people can wait because in the last in the last two weeks, they've gotten eight editions. Obsessed TV Corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. So let's shift gears. We're going to move from the world of TV into the world of movies. And uh, let's start with a couple. This is, this is as eclectic a group of headlines as I've seen in a while. So let's jump into the news. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. All right, so a couple of uh, a couple movie headlines here. The first one that I want to talk about, and I just want your five second reaction to this: a reboot of Saw is in the works that is going to be basically run, uh, I think, written and produced by Chris Rock. Uh, are, are you here for this? What are your thoughts? Uh, maybe, but I, the thing I'm most here for is <laughs> the joke by Michael Che on Saturday Night Live. When he <laughs> that was <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> He was like, Chris Rock is is uh, in in talks to uh, do a reboot of, of the the Saw franchise, which will now be renamed to Saint. 
That was fucking hysterical. Oh my god! <laughs> and while we're at it, uh, while we're, while we're on SNL, um, I want I want to recommend to folks, uh, and I'll, I'll link to this. I want to recommend to folks that people go back and at least watch the weekend update from the last week's Saturday Night Live, and, which was the season. Finale. And that joke is in it. That joke yeah. is in it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's in that that weekend update. They do a bit at the end where they swap jokes. And so Che tells jokes that were written oh by Jost, and he doesn't know what they are, and it is fucking brilliant. I'll link to it in the description box. I know this is the movie section, but go watch that because it's it's. If you never watch anything else from se- from this season of SNL, watch that weekend update. It was great. Oh my god, I almost I like when I said I almost threw up earlier. This I almost actually did. Like <laughs> I was laughing so fucking hard. <laughs> Oh, it was the scene one was that was pretty fucking great. Yeah, but the, they're they're trading jokes. Holy shit, that is so funny. Che Che does such a good job at getting jokes on those. That's I think yep. my favorite part of them. Yep. Uh, so let's see. Next headline here. Uh, so okay, PlayStation has now opened up effectively its own studio, and so this studio is going to be in the business of doing film adaptations of PlayStation games and properties i don't know what their relationship to the already in production uncharted film will be but there's already talks of like a twisted metal tv series and a whole bunch of other uh shows and things uh, and movies that they're going to spin off of this um i'm going to ask you two questions seth i'll give them both to you uh, right out the bat one is this cool do you think and two what's what's a playstation product that you're hopeful uh gets an adaptation well, I think it's just uh, a matter of another division of Sony Columbia, like it because you know they they have their own film production anyway. I think it'll probably just be related to that somehow. But it's in, in, instead of being some of their other titles, it'll be like movie title, you know, separate movie entities. It'll be video games. So probably your Uncharted's, um, you know, like you said, the Twisted Metal, maybe God of War, stuff like that. So I think God of War would make the best movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see what uh, what PlayStation Studios spits out. It's again, it's kind of like Disney Plus right now. They just keep spitting out headlines of we're working on this, we're working on that. So um, a lot of that to be seen. I'll link to an article in the description box if you want to check out some of that. Uh, Seth, you got a headline from the camp of Chris Nolan's upcoming film. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit. Um, they are going to be doing. Uh, they 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 announced the um, the title for it. Um, Tenant, I think is how you'd say that. It's uh, going to be an action espionage movie, so uh, it's going to be pr- probably awesome because it's Chris Nolan and action and espionage. So, um, yeah, obviously we knew a lot of the cast uh, that, that's coming up for that. We know Robert Pattinson uh, is cast as a lead in that. Um, I think they announced that Aaron Taylor Johnson has joined the cast as well. Nope. Uh, there, there, there's a uh, there, there's a few other guys that are a few other people that have big names that I am blanking on right now, but those are some of like the, you know, Pattinson is kind of the higher profile uh, in terms of like the leads. And then there's a decent, decent amount of supporting. And I think Aaron Taylor Johnson is kind of one that I thought was interesting. That is a little bit newer, but uh, yeah, cool cast, Chris Nolan. um, And uh, we know what the movie is about now. So I'm, I'm excited. We're stoked that we're expecting that next year, 2021 summer. I think that'd be two years from now, but yes. Or yeah, twenty twenty. Whenever next next summer is, I think when we're supposed to expect that one. Yeah, probably. Um, also, uh, to tag on to that, the I, I cannot say his name because it's like a Nordic name. Um, the guy who did the score for Black Panther and won an Academy Award is going to score uh, that movie Tenet. So, um, I know we're used to Hans Zimmer doing Chris Nolan, but uh, they went with mm-hmm. the other guy here. So, 
that'll be a banger. I mean, it, it, Chris Nolan has reached a point here where I'm seeing everything, so we'll, we'll be at that yep. right away. But you mentioned Robert Pattinson a second ago, and we're going to mention him again, and this is going to dovetail into kind of our main movie story this week in discussion. Uh, Robert Pattinson has also been not 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 officially cast, but all but officially cast as the next Batman for Matt Reeves' upcoming The Batman. And the internet, <clears throat> the internet freaked the fuck out about that. <laughs> um, and a lot of people don't like that casting. I personally do like it. What do you think? Oh, I think we've even talked about it on here. I, I mean, he, I've loved that casting from the beginning. The reason the internet is freaking out, well, because it's the internet, for one, but because they have not seen him in anything other than Twilight. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's because he's done independent movies, but he's done independent movies because he's trying to perfect his, his craft and trying to become a an, an actual dramatic actor. And, and it's not like, you know, it took skill to do, it takes skill to act in any movie, but um, he's actually now trying to, he's, he's working out different, you know, different roles and trying to, to work out different acting muscles so he can become a more well-rounded dramatic actor. And, and everything I've seen him in now uh, that's, you know, independent, more dramatic roles, he's been absolutely excellent in. Uh, he's, he's one of the best actors working out there. Uh, I think he's going to do an awesome job as Batman. Sure, he might not look totally what you think, but did you think, you know, did, did you think, uh, I think the only actor you would say looks like a good Batman is probably George Clooney. You know, like yeah. he's the only one that looks like a good Bruce Wayne that you know could be a, a you know billionaire playboy type guy. Um, all the rest of them, everyone, everyone else, pretty much people, maybe Val Kilmer, you could put up there too. But everyone else, people have been like, even Christian Bale when he was cast, people were like, oh, I don't know how this is gonna work. Mm-hmm. Um, and he hasn't, he hadn't been in a ton of stuff. Now, albeit he wasn't a sparkly vampire mm-hmm. um, like Robert Pattinson was, but Robert Pattinson, you know, he he created his career off of. You know, the, 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 every actor, no matter who, no matter who was who, who was offered that role, they would take that role because it's a huge profile thing. He created his career from that. And that's where he made his money. But now, you know that he did that. He is working on becoming a serious actor, and you know I think he deserves this. After seeing him, what he's done in the in these roles like High Life and Good Time is one of my favorite movies the last like five six years. Good Good Time. Did I say Good Time or Good Life? Anyway, Good Time. <laughs> You know, he he deserves this, and I think he's going to do a great job. I agree with you. And uh, an important part of playing Batman is the jawline, and dude has a chiseled-by-the-gods jawline. <laughs> That's going to look great in the cowl. And I, I'm, I'm optimistic as well. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people and win a lot of people over. Um, if they do maintain that casting, it, it appears that he's um, going through some sort of vetting process right now. Um, I guess they're probably making him work out or some shit. I don't know, but... Uh, it sounds like that he will um, be the next Batman. Nicholas Holt uh, has come up as another name kind of, you know, up in the running to do it, uh, which is a casting that I'm not in favor of. I think he's got a mm-hmm. weak jaw and he just doesn't, he definitely, he gives me less Batman vibe than, than Pattinson does. So I, this podcast is in support of Robert Pattinson as the next Batman. I'm very excited to see that movie. We, of course, huge fans of Matt Reeves from the uh, Planet of the Apes series. And um, we'll, we'll be seeing that especially if they do officially add Pattinson. One last point around Robert Pattinson. Um, people are going to be eating their fucking words uh, in about a year when he is the lead of that Chris Nolan movie. Um, because Chris Nolan, with his talent as an actor, um, people people are going to see what he can do and be like, oh shit, he can actually act. And I think these people are going to be like, okay, maybe we do want him as Batman. <laughs> so 
as, as excited as I am for for him as Batman, I am a hundred times more excited for him in a Chris Nolan movie. That's an action espionage movie. So Chris Nolan made really made like Tom Hardy and 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 uh, Joseph Gordon Joseph Gordon Lovett like kind of big name actors in terms of like their actual talent um, back with Inception, and he's done that with a lot of his movies, um, Christian Bale and all that too. But I think this is gonna do the same for Pattinson. The wider internet is not as excited about Robert Pattinson as we are. Uh, so much so that there have been several fan petitions started to not cast Robert Pattinson as Batman. So there's been a lot of backlash. And this fan petition thing is something that we've seen a lot of in the last couple of weeks because Game of Thrones has also been the quote-unquote victim of fan petitioning. Uh, there have been a shitload of fans sign a petition to remake the last season of Game of Thrones because people didn't like how it went. And... That is tipping my hand a little bit. But Seth, I want to get your thoughts on these fan petitions and this culture that we have of fandom right now where it seems like the fans feel like they should be allowed to dictate what happens and they get disappointed when things don't go their way. So what, what are your thoughts on these fan petitions and whether or not the creators should be listening to them? I mean, it's, it's obviously really ridiculous that people are spending their time to do this. I think there, there's a point to be said for... Because I've heard a lot of this. I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and uh, this has been a topic, a big topic on a lot of them recently. But there's there's a point where, you know, as a fan of something, you can be critical of it, where you can say, I didn't like this and this, just like what we do. Mm. But to the point where you say something needs to be remade, or it wasn't written well, or it, you know, it, it wasn't what I would have done, like that, that you don't get a say in that. Um, or, or, or to say, like, that these people were were bad writers, or that they that that they didn't know where they wanted this to go, and it, you know, blah blah blah. Like you you people aren't making the TV, you're not making the movies, and you don't get to say how this goes. You are a fan. You are there for the ride. If you didn't, if it wasn't what you wanted out of the show, oh, then just like quit watching it. Or, you know, voice your, voice your, voice why you think, voice why you think it was bad, but don't say that it wasn't good because it wasn't what you wanted. Mm-hmm. You you know, this this isn't for you to be a, you know, selfish child, a spoiled little child, because you're not creating it. If you want a, if you want a TV show that's going to be perfectly, uh, it's going to end perfectly the way you want it or go the way you want it, then write it. Do it, do it yourself. But a lot of people are too fucking afraid to do that because they, you know, because they don't think it's going to be good enough. Oh, you know, whatever the fear is, or they just don't have the skill to do it. I mean, of the 500,000 people who signed that petition, I would bet 98% of them have probably never even written a fucking single thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, other than a, you know, a school essay. And so they, they don't know how to do this stuff. And if they took a stab at it, it would be garbage. So you don't have a say in this stuff. Just if you're a fan, enjoy it or don't. You're you're not going to get something remade because you didn't like it. These people spent years on this stuff. These people, th- this is this. They care about this more than a lot of shit in this world. And for you to for all these people to say that they didn't do a good job and it's not what they wanted and they should have to be right. I think that's no one puts their self puts themselves in the creator's shoes. They never mm-hmm. think about how that it, that is. Now you can be critical and say this you you didn't like this and. They'll probably take that, but for you to say that they are bad at it and that it didn't go the way you wanted, be, and complain about it because of that—that's just, just selfish and stupid. I totally agree with you. I think this is like a—it's a weird entitlement thing, and I think we're seeing a lot of it now because 
I think we have access to these people, you know, via Twitter and, and things like that. And we, it's very easy for us to shout from our computers, you know, this was wrong, do this. And I think there's an important, you make, I very nearly just spilled a bunch of red wine on me. Um, <laughs> you make, you make an important distinction that I want to clarify because it, it would be easy for someone to call us hypocrites. There, there's, there's criticizing, there's critique that, which is what I think we do, which, you know, that's a, this didn't work for me. I didn't like this. I would have done this differently. Just, I mean, we just shit on a bunch of TV shows with that exact kind of stuff, but we're not, we're not saying that we as fans deserve for you to try this again. And we don't pretend to have any say in what happens creatively. I think where the, where the fans grow to a level of toxicity is when they think, I know what should happen and I know how you should do your job. There's a difference between how you receive the art and how you respond to it. That's totally open to criticism. You can say that you hated the new season of Game of Thrones. That's, an, that's one thing. But then to say, I think you should, not, not even I think you should have done it this way. You should do it this way. I think is where it turns mm -hmm. toxic and you know, something, the casting of a Batman, how many fucking exactly like you were saying before, how many Batmans have been cast that we didn't mm -hmm. think would make good Batmans that made fucking good Batmans. I didn't give a shit about Christian Bale. People rioted that Hugh Jackman got cast as Wolverine. And then 10 mm -hmm. years later they cried when he left Logan, you know, yep. like it's, you don't know. It, so on the, on the, prior side when people are complaining about Pattinson you don't know how it's going to turn out right so yep. and I'm learning I'm eating my words right now with Aladdin because I saw some early stuff and you warned me against this I saw some early stuff and said this stinks and now I'm hearing it's better than I thought and and so mm -hmm. that's the risk you run making judgments before you get to see the finished product and then yep. when it, when a product is finished that's it you know it, it's out there and we had fan, you know, the the last Jedi should be removed from Star Wars canon was a, was a, a a petition that got made. The art is the art. You can interpret it. You can decide whether or not you enjoy it. But you don't get to remake the art. Make your own fucking art. And the the Game of Thrones creators actually created a response petition that was that said um, basically, if you think you know what to do, make your own season of Game of Thrones and we'll watch it. Um, which of course nobody I think can that do. I actually think that was an, an Onion article. <laughs> well, whatever. I don't care. If it was an Onion article, it was a great Onion article because you're right. Like we, we can certainly, and I'm happy to sit here and, and criticize and critique all day. But at the end of the day, I'm not making the fucking movie. And I think um, Sorry to Bother You is an example that you and I often go back to where we really didn't connect with and disagreed with some of the crit uh, the creative choices that they made in that movie. And it took away from our experience. But at the end of the day, we have to just be like, that was his artistic choice. And that's the movie. You know, mm -hmm. we can come out and say, we didn't like it. We can't come out and say he needs to remake it because I deserve something better. I think that's toxic entitlement and it's very uncool. And it's, mm -hmm. I think it's fandom in general has gotten that way. I'm surprised we haven't seen more of that about Endgame. as much as everyone is enjoying it. Um, you know, there are always the the haters, so to speak. And I'm shocked that we're not seeing, you know, some of that stuff um, because comic book fans are among the worst at this kind of thing. But mm -hmm. it, it has, I, I'd be lying if I'd said it, it doesn't make me laugh a little bit and give me a little bit of satisfaction that the, the, the hate for the last season of Game of Thrones is that level. Yeah, it's, it, it's unfortunate because I think, you know, especially in, in how we live today with, with social media and all that stuff and, with people wanting to make a name for themselves. Um, I even looked at something today. Uh, so there's a movie that we're going to review coming up called called Booksmart. And it has been reviewed extremely well. 
and it's been at 100 percent rotten tomatoes since it premiered i think at south by south by southwest and uh just today it went down to 99 percent because there was a one reviewer who gave the most insane thing <laughs> i'd ever seen in terms of negative and that i guess not ever but just an insane thing for for why it was negative and then i went through and looked at all his stuff and every single thing he's rated negatively has been one of these like more i wouldn't say necessarily like 100 mainstream but more popular because he's reviewed like the most indie of indie movies you've ever seen but then he he was the one person who gave a negative review to that apollo 11 movie Mm -hmm. that that documentary that everyone was like this is incredible he was like this movie looks like paper mache on screen like just shit like that Mm -hmm. just just like the dumbest shit like that 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 guy is what the internet is right now Mm-hmm. Like there, there's always, if, if there's something that people like out there, there's always going to be that negative side that is going to rate it just for the, for the rate it negatively or give negative thoughts or be extremely angry or whatever about something because it is the popular thing mm-hmm. that there's just people who want, like, like fucking dark Knight. There's just people out there who want to watch the world burn. There's just people out there who want to be negative for the sake of being negative. And that is why I fucking hate the internet. <laughs> well, and part of that too is is that guy knows that if he's the one guy that doesn't like Booksmart, then people will read his reviews. And I think mm-hmm. that reviewing and critiquing, you know, in some cases can be the point of reviews and critiques is a service to the to the listener or the reader to help them determine whether or not they should go spend their time on something. People don't like there are famous reviewers and stuff. Of course, there's Ebert and Roper and all these other guys, but like. The point of a reviewer shouldn't be to be famous. You know, it should be to educate the audience and make recommendations and help people decide what they should watch. And mm-hmm. I and of course, we, we occasionally give our passionate takes about movies and stuff. And I, I like to think we're entertaining on our show. But I think I hope that what our listeners know is that we're trying we're giving you our opinions so that you know whether or not to go see something. And we try to make that entertaining, but that's not the the point isn't us. The point is is go watch the art or don't go watch the art. That's our recommendation. And I think when it becomes about, look at me, I hated this thing. Look how funny my take was on it. I think that's when you start to get into that toxic stuff and that extreme stuff because there's that guy liked that movie just fine. He's just trying to get clicks. And and that's unfortunate. And I think that's I think that's a lot of where this petition is coming from. I I don't think anybody thinks it's gonna do anything. I think people like that it's on the news. And that's mm-hmm. pretty much it. Um, this it, it it's kind of funny because you and I are fans of the WWE, and that's a place where how the fans react to something actually will affect what they do in the future, and that that environment is set up for that exact thing. And even then, there are some toxic fans because at some point you can't control everything. But what I like about the WWE is that they listen. You know, we just saw Kofi Kingston win at WrestleMania largely because the fans wanted him to. And I think that's great. Movies and TV are not that, um, other than the WWE. So if you want something that you can control from the from the cheap seats, watch WWE. Uh, it's entertaining, <laughs> and and you can you can influence it in some small way. Kinda. <laughs> well, yeah. Vince has <laughs> Vince has the final say at the end of the day, but but he he listens to the fans sometimes. So these petitions, I think, are the official SoCo uh, stance on these petitions is that they're stupid, and if you sign them, you're stupid. Um, cause for one thing, it's not going to get anything remade. Um, 
I don't know, I, th- I have a whole other diatribe about online petitions and how they're not worth nearly as much as an actual physical petition, but that's a whole second thing. Um, <laughs> tell us tell us on the tweets, what do you think of these petitions? Do you actually think that you as a fan of Game of Thrones deserve to have the final season remade? Or do you think as a fan, you deserve to determine who the casting is for the next Batman? Um, I'm going to tell you right now, we disagree with you, but we do want to hear that. If that's your thought, tweet it at us at underscore Cody Michael at Seth O'Otter at SoCo Show Pod. Uh, and let us know what your thoughts are on this, because I think that we are a podcast where our listeners are uh, of the the geekier persuasion, and it is it's that um, group of people that tends to be these kind of toxic fans. And we hope our listeners aren't that, but we are certainly interested to hear your thoughts on uh, on that group and, and the things that they have to say. And that that'll we'll wrap it up there uh, in terms of the movie section. Uh, and of course, we're going to revisit Booksmart in a second as one of our reviews. Uh, but before we do move on to reviews, we have a, a quote. we got to make the quota. What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote! Last week I got this in five seconds because you made it a Mission Impossible quote. And so I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Uh, we'll see if I get humbled uh, by the Iron Sheik on this one, but... Uh, uh, it's a quote from a movie. I need to pick the movie and who said it. What do you got this week? So I know you have seen this movie. We've talked about this movie a few times. Um, I don't know if you'll get this quote right off the bat based off the, the quote or uh, you know at all. It's kind of a difficult one, but we'll see. Uh, the quote is, well, I couldn't see his face, could I? I'm not made of eyes. Hmm. Well, I couldn't see his face, could I? I'm not made of eyes. I'm not made of eyes. Hmm. Shit. I, I can I can hear so the part that's throwing me off is the I'm not made of eyes thing. The <laughs> I couldn't see his face could he like that's giving that's triggering like a few different thoughts um that I'm trying to track down, but I'm not made of eyes. Um I'll say it in an accent this time. Well, I couldn't see his face, could I? I'm not made of eyes. Ooh, it's a Brit saying it. Um yeah. Ooh, that is a toughie. It's a toughie. A tough, tough, toughie. Couldn't say his face. I don't do that again. (laughs) That's my sexy thinking voice. Oh, what's uh, what's the quote from? Um, Hmm. Okay, uh, I'm just gonna run down a couple films that I know are are Brits. Um, Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead. (laughs) It is Hot Fuzz. Okay. Um. Oh, so then it would be um, Nick Frost's character. I don't know the character name, but Nick Frost in Hot Fuzz. Yep, it's uh, Danny Butterman is his character's name. Um, I, so hot fuzz, by the way, if you haven't seen hot fuzz in a while, watch hot, hot fudge is hot fudge. Hot fudge. (laughs) That's one of my favorite websites. Um, hot fuzz (laughs) is an amazing movie. Tasty blacks. (laughs) Tasty blacks. (laughs) Oh, that's nasty. Um, hot fuzz. High recommend. Uh, in fact, why, why don't we go ahead and make... This happens often when we do these quotes. Um, oh, Jesus. <laughs> let's make Hot Fuzz our retro recommend. We don't need roads. Great film. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are amazing in this. It's another... We talked about Barry earlier. It's a film that's got great action and great comedy. There's some funny-ass shit in this. They have a gag in this that you just always are dying at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Timothy Dalton at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, 
which that one doesn't get me, but I love that you love it so much. Oh, yeah. Made me laugh really hard back in the day. <laughs> Hot Fuzz, great movie, and of course is the subject of this week's edition of Making the Quota. What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote... That one, that was, that, that, knowing that one was a gift from God, I could have gone in circles on that one for a while. I was glad that my first guess was, uh, was correct. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I am very, very, as excited as I've ever been to do movie reviews this week. So let's, let's jump into that. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. This, you and I were talking before, uh, before the podcast. This is this is one of the best movie weekends that you and I have had in a long time. Um, mm-hmm. We got to see one film that you have been highly anticipating all season or all year uh, that did not disappoint. And we got to see a couple of advanced screenings uh, for movies that we really enjoyed as well. We're only going to cover one advanced screening this week, and there's one that we'll cover next week as well. So we have two movie reviews this week. Which one do you want to start with? We can start with John Wick. Let's start with John Wick three, John Wick chapter three, Parabellum, and Seth. This was this was what you were all charged up for, so I'll let you go first. Yeah, so I mean, it was absolutely everything that that you could want out of, out of a John Wick movie. I mean, starts off right away with some some awesome action. It, it it's one of those things, especially up front. Uh, I leaned leaned over and talked with uh, Matt, my roommate, who I went with, and like after the first twenty minutes, I just said, I don't know how much more I can take because from, <laughs> from the from the beginning, it just was constant fucking gnarly action, uh, some really cool like beat 'em ups, and and uh, just just a lot of fun. There there's some brutal deaths, uh, one of which with a book that oh, is just Jesus. fucking insane. Oh, and that's nasty. Hell yeah, there's a knife to the eye, there's a whole lot of headshots, some gun throwing. There is just an, uh, an insane amount of testicles that are crushed in this movie, whether Ooh, it be by foot, Jesus. by foot, by fist, or by fucking dog bites. Ouchie oh mama. <laughs> there, there are so many testicles destroyed. It is insane. And I remember having a conversation after the first one, because th- there is like, in the first one, there are like four or five testicle kicks by John Wick in it. And... I remember us talking after after the first one. I think even after the second one, there there's about the same amount of testicle kicks. And I'm like, dude, John Wick, his move is crushing testicles. And you were like, man, I don't know if I remember that many testicle kicks. If you aren't <laughs> sure about the testicle kicks, John Wick proves how many testicles he kicks in this movie. Yeah. There are so many groin shots. Like, it's, it's his move when he's out of moves. Mm. Like, that's when he's just like, boom, your testicles are gone. They're in your throat. Like, that... <laughs> He'll do, he'll do like, he'll like two steps walk into just a field goal <laughs> kick of someone's balls. Just unapologetic, just bam, right into it. And oh my God. Yeah. It's, it, I've flinched a couple times with some of the nut shots in this one. Oh my God. It's great. And it, it, he's worked it into like, it, it's a move in his repertoire. It's not, it's not like, it's like Liam Neeson in the throw chop at this mm-hmm. point. It's 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 John Wick and the testicle kick. Yeah. Well, they don't the and they don't kick. play it for comedy either. They they don't like kick him in the balls oh, and he's no. like oh and looks at the camera like it's just it's just part of his combat. You're right. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, John Wick is is the fucking man. <laughs> um, I think I think the only thing that I didn't like about the movie was kind of the middle part. It kind of dragged for a little bit where they end up going like overseas and mm-hmm. he went to. 
Casablanca and they were like in the desert and stuff. I loved Holly Berry. Like mm-hmm. the stuff she did in it, then that's where they met her was was in Casablanca and and like her those dogs are fucking awesome. Yeah. Those there was that there was like a, a 10 minute action scene with her and, and John Wick and those dogs where they would like she would like whistle for them to come grab a guy's arm and shit like that and like they worked that they worked those dogs into combat absolutely perfectly. So that those are cool action scenes and stuff, but it just dragged at times when they were explaining things and then John was trying to get to um the leader of the high table, which is that organization that uh, kind of is, is involved with the Continental and all that stuff and in this underground world that's going on. And it's stuff kind of dragged. Like, I like the John Wick war, but not war, lore. Um, I like that stuff, but I also, I, I thought that some of that stuff that they added here just kind of dragged just a little bit too much for me. Um, I, I, otherwise though, I mean, it was fucking awesome. It lived up to every expectation I had. And uh, I, I uh, have to say it's definitely on the I love it side of things. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to agree here with pretty much everything you said. I, I will say this. I needed the down, I needed the dip in the middle to catch my breath and to just like, just, just, well, just that catch my breath. This was (laughs) so just so much action that it was Mm -hmm. almost too much action. And if I, if I have a, if I have a, a a negative of this, I'm going to land on, I loved it as well. Um, if you're an action fan, a combat kung fu, that if you if that's your thing, if you like violence, you have to like violence. You're gonna love this oh, movie, yeah. <laughs> but you have to have a serious appetite for it too. And I remember, you know, there's a scene you alluded to a second ago, very early on in the movie. It's one of the first couple scenes. He gets in a fight and he uses a book to great effect. Um, and I was watching that, and and he he does a couple things with it. And by the way, this was a blast to see in the theater because my whole theater is going like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was very very fun. Um, but yeah. I will, and I would warn folks who haven't seen this yet, like it is hyper violent. And yeah. there were a couple times in this movie where it's like, I don't know, just like you said, I was like, I don't know if I can take much more of this like some of the stuff in this was so brutal that i was like i this is not there were a couple times when i was like i don't know if i like john wick anymore like this is too mean for me (laughs) and 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 on the whole i do i enjoy the movie but i think people need to know it is very very violent they show you everything and as impressive as that is you know to, to to create a film like that Uh, it's going to put some people off. So you have to have an appetite for violence if you're going to enjoy this movie. But I I like, I like, uh, you know, the action scenes in this are great. The story has never been the best part about John Wick. So there are some problems with the story, but they don't fucking matter. If you're going to John Wick, you want to see some people get shot in the head. And again, any, any little nitpicks we can make. Again, if you want to see some, a bunch of fucking, a bunch of fucking people die, go to John Wick. You're going to like it. Um, and yeah. uh, it's not a, it's not a spoiler to say, cause it's been announced widely. Uh, there is a fourth John Wick movie in the works. <laughs> so we can expect more of this shit, I think in the summer of 2021. So two years from now, yep. even more motherfuckers are going to die. And, uh, without spoiling anything, I feel very bad for the next person to meet John Wick. <laughs> in, yeah, cause uh, in the- chapter four, <laughs> he gets asked if he's pissed and he said, yeah, <laughs> I'm pissed. <laughs> so he's pissed, man. Yeah. Look out. He, um, is, he is very pissed. Oh, Jesus Christ. You thought that he killed everyone in this movie? Just fucking wait My until God. May 21st, 2021. 
uh, uh, a couple other things. I do have one, one other, one other like negative for me though. Uh, And again, I I really enjoyed this, but I, I I have to point out a couple things. There's a number of times in this movie where it seems like they're not trying to kill him. You know, it seems like they're happy Mm. just to be fighting him. And there's a couple, there's a couple (laughs) scenes where they literally say that. And I'm like, why wouldn't you like there are opportunities people where people could kill him easily and they pass them up. And I'm like, why would you? And so a couple of those seemed very like disjointed and didn't make a lot of sense. Um, But again, it's a nitpick that, again, if you like John Wick, you just want to see people get murdered. You don't care about that. Fuck yeah. Uh, um, Plus, he's the fucking Bobby Yaga, man. You're not going to kill the (laughs) Bobby Yaga. All right. Do you know what you're talking about here? couple things so i actually so i um there was there was a scene with uh with the knives mm-hmm. that lasted a long oh time which was God. fucking awesome <laughs> that was the biggest <laughs> there's one the 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 end of that scene that was the biggest moment of my, where my crowd was like <laughs> oh shit <laughs> yeah that, that's what i talked about with the eye thing mm. or the knife thing in the eye whatever and then yeah they're just fucking chucking knives at each other for like <laughs> Seven minutes straight. Like, Jesus Christ. It's fucking awesome. Um, I also did like the, um, I mean, the, the villain is much improved from John Wick 2 and fucking Ruby Rose. Mm-hmm. Actually, he she wasn't the main villain, but she was like the main combat villain. Mm-hmm. And the main combat villain in this one was, um, I liked him a lot. He was kind of like a, almost like a John Wick groupie yeah. that was sent to kill him. <laughs> and he, he had like this funny relationship where he's like, man, I, you know, you're, you're fucking John Wick, man. You're awesome. <laughs> he was like, if I, if I was an assassin, I would be the same way. I'd be like, man, you're John Wick. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then, yeah, with, with, uh, I was going to say that too, that, you know, John Wick 4 was announced. I, I it got to that point where like I I knew it was coming to the end. It was like it felt like the end of the, the other John Wick. So I'm like, okay, this is coming to an end, and it's not fully resolved yet. We're getting a John Wick four, and then he goes, yeah, I'm pissed, and I'm like, yes, you are, John Wick. Yes, you are. Here we go. I can just picture you being like, let's go. I was like, it's a sequel. We're getting a fourth one. Yeah. Because I could have swore they, they had announced that this was the last one. I thought this was going to be it. But maybe they just didn't. Maybe maybe they just said that it's the next one and, mm-hmm. and whatever. But And they kept saying trilogy. So, like, that makes you think, oh, it's going to be a third one. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's going to be it. But, um, no, they're doing a fourth one. Like, come the fuck on. I was so pumped. I was like, we're getting more. <laughs> it's uh, It's... Uh, well, one thing too. Um, by the way, first movie to beat Avengers. Uh, it it did win the box office this last weekend and, and defeat Avengers. Uh, Avengers, by the way, um, very very near passing Avatar. Probably will very soon. The thing I think the best the the thing about John Wick. I, I mentioned the brutality and all of that, and the brutality comes from this place. They spend so much time on the realism of these fights, and yeah, like he takes more damage than he probably should be able to. But you talked about there's a scene where there's a lot of knives getting thrown and they don't hit every time. And sometimes they hit and it doesn't kill. And sometimes they miss and sometimes it bounces off. And there's some scenes where reloading is very important and they show him reloading. At mm. one point they show him having to build a gun because the, the gun he had didn't work. They, they pay a lot of attention to the details of this. And I think that's part of why everyone loves this so much because it looks like a real fight you know you see him react to getting hit and he's in pain you see him out of breath there are these long takes where you get to see everything happen you see them reloading 
It's not chopped all to hell so that you you don't know what's going on. Like this is the closest thing to just watching two guys fight to the death that you're gonna get. And uh, and and a shout out also to Halle Berry who has a great one shot of her combat with the dogs, and she's doing a lot of a lot of that that combat that Keanu Reeves has been famous for. Halle Berry is doing that in a scene of her own, and I think the the fight choreography on this is second to none. If there was an Oscar for it, they would win it hands down. Oh yeah, that's so good. So I'm I'm so happy that John Wick did not disappoint, uh, and that you know it being your top anticipated movie. Uh, I'm more than anything. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. So I'm, I'm happy that you did. The two of us are obviously recommending John wick. Uh, if you're a fan of it, if you like the first two, you're going to like this one. Um, if you're not, I would suggest watching the first two first, uh, make sure that you like this before you watch the third. Cause they go heavy into John wick shit, uh, in the third. But I think for most of our audience, um, it is fair to say that we are recommending John wick and, uh, and spoiler, we're going to recommend a second movie. And I am going to go first because I'm so excited about this movie. You and I both got to advanced screenings last week for Booksmart, which is the Olivia Wilde uh, directorial debut, uh, which I, I, think it's, I think it's fair to say is effectively a, a girl's version of Superbad um, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And that's not an insult because we love Superbad here on the SoCo Show. And this movie, uh, I cannot say enough good things about Booksmart. I think the I think Olivia Wilde's direction in this is brilliant. The the mood that it sets, uh the camera work in this, the music, the the wardrobe in this is amazing. Uh everything Olivia Wilde does here is magic. The two leads in this are perfect. They they have a chemistry that works really well. You believe that they're lifelong friends. It avoids a lot of the cheesy pitfalls that you might expect. It, it gets into some cheese, but it avoids a lot of the cheesy pitfalls that you would expect and has some surprises in what's otherwise a, a pretty normal plot that you're used to seeing. There are, some, there are some scenes and some moments in this that I was just floored by. Uh, it's hilarious. It's, it's wonderfully emotional. It's, I, I, I'm almost at a loss for, I want to say a thousand good things about this movie. I, I'll say this. I, and I, I know, I know listeners of the show are going to be like, Cody, it's recency bias. I waited, I waited five days after I saw Booksmart before I put it into my rankings, um, for, for the year 2019, as I track kind of what I'm watching Booksmart as of right now is my number one movie so far of 2019. And I cannot recommend it to people enough. It, it's, it's just so everyone is going to find something amazing about this movie. At least I hope, because I loved it. And I don't know if you're as high as me on it, Seth, but I know you enjoyed it as well. Yeah, I definitely, I, I loved it a lot. It, it's uh, all those things you said. I think my one negative for this is I thought it, um, I didn't really see much surprise in it. Um, I, I thought it was very predictable. I, I, I called every beat that was going to happen in this movie. I won't really say it's a negative. Like it's nothing that would that for me would be like don't see it for this or even just like it's not gonna it's not gonna hamper your enjoyment one iota. It's it's just one of those things like this is a type of movie we've seen you know done a hundred times now and and you know if you if you've seen Superbad it pretty much follows the beats of Superbad in a lot of ways. You know there's obviously love interests that you think are gonna go one way and they go different ways and shit like that, but. I mean, it's it's still. I mean, it's it's it, it it does have it does have a fresh take on, you know, this type of uh, coming of age, you know, teen comedy, 
but it does follow in terms of the overall skeleton of a, one of those types of movies that follows this, those beat for beat. Um, and, and so that, that's my one negative, but otherwise, like, like you said, everything, the chemistry between the two leads is perfect. The, the two leads themselves, you know, they were cast perfectly. Um, the, the, uh, one of the girls who plays Molly in the movie, she's Jonah Hill's, uh, sister. Uh, I just found that out today. And she is, I mean, she is exactly like Jonah Hill. The other, the other actress, um, Caitlin Deaver, I don't know the, the, can't remember the character's name, Amy, maybe? that sound right i don't remember you know it's your favorite movie of the year how do you not know it's too fresh it's too fr- I, i'll let you know, i i am seeing this again this weekend when it officially <laughs> is released and i'll let you know after that oh sure also we both have um, computers in front of us we could google it but <laughs> <laughs> um she is perfect though in her in her role i loved her a lot um also i i would be remiss without mentioning that um uh that the guy the kid from Santa Clarita Diet, um, Skylar Gisondo, I think is he he is in this movie, and um, I'll I loved him in this movie, and I actually was with uh, so in the theater I was with somewhat full for this uh, early screening. There was someone who was sitting a couple seats down for me, and I kind of heard her say something something up to the effect that she had watched Santa Clarita Diet every time he came on the screen. We were both fucking cracking up because his character is very. Uh, animated and out there in this movie, uh, he kind of plays like a rich kid who's trying to be like a you know like a dressed in like a like a, a hip hop type guy, but he's a nerd. And so there there's elements of this character in this movie that are that are in Santa Clarita Diet. I like his character more in Santa Clarita Diet because he's full on nerd. And but the thing that I love that they carried over is that like the way he reacts to situations where like he knows that. Um, he said something dumb or he knows that like something is not cool. He just plays it off very just like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like stuff like that. He does like that type of thing. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like <laughs> just like the way he plays shit like that. He's, I love that kid. He is, um, he, I, 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 I will watch him in anything as long as he plays that type of character. Um, <laughs> there's also this character named Gigi. Yep. <laughs> that she is. <laughs> She I didn't. I didn't think I was gonna like Gigi. Gigi has, and without spoiling, Gigi has a very like. <laughs> there's there's a point to Gigi, and it's weird, and it seems very yeah. stupid and cartoonish early on. And I was like, I'm not gonna like that character. But then every single time she shows back up, I'm like, oh, okay, I like G. I'd like Gigi by the end. Oh my god, she was so good. Every time that she's on the screen, I'm just like, fucking yes, she's so good. This cast, the cast in general is... Every supporting role in this, you have, oh, last man on earth. Jason Sudeikis. Sudeikis is in it. Um, Yeah, he plays the principal who has a good recurring role. Yeah, Will Forte does, uh, he's he's the father to the Caitlin Deaver's character. Uh, Um, Lisa Kudrow is the mom. She has one of the best lines in the movie. It's in the trailer, but she's got one of the best lines in the movie. Um, yeah. which I, that, that is, if I had a negative, a lot of the really good lines in this are straight out of the trailer. Um, that, that's more of a con for the trailer than it is for the film, but like, you're going to, mm-hmm. you're going to find that you've seen a lot of the, of, of the, of the good beats. There are still some surprises in there, but, um, you'll find that you've seen a lot of the good punchlines in the trailer. It's not, I mean, it's, it's definitely up there. I mean, now that I've seen almost 40 movies this year already, um, it's up. I mean, it's definitely in my top three for the year. I mean, and it's it's one of those now that my list is starting to fill up, and uh, this is 
we're starting to get into some of the good, the good stuff that that's going to probably stick for a while. And I think this is going to stick up there. It, it, I, I, it'll probably be in my top 10 for the year by the time the year's over with. Mm -hmm. I, I would, I would expect it to be, I will fight you if it's not. Um, and I think you don't know what else is coming out. There's a lot of good shit coming out still. That is, that is certainly true. Um, but, uh, I, I certainly am. I just, I, I, you know, last year you reviewed eighth grade and there, I think part of your review and what I noticed in the review is there's not a lot of moments specifically that you point. It's not like John Wick where you're like, oh, when he hit that guy with the with the axe or whatever. There's not a lot of like moments that you tend to pick out, but like the overall vibe and feeling that this movie gives you for two hours, I think similar to eighth grade is one that like I just really want to live in that for as long as possible. And I think that's why I'm going to continue to I'll go back to this movie and I'll watch it a million times just like super bad. Um, so I think it's more of an overall, just like every, this, the entirety of this movie on a wide scale is great and makes you feel great for a couple hours and it's awesome. But if there's one thing that I absolutely have to point out, uh, without getting too into it, there is a scene kind of two thirds to the final act of the movie that there's an extended long shot. Do you know what I'm talking about, Seth? Mm -hmm. That is in the middle of this extended long shot scene that I was watching, I was like, I it, consciously in the theater, and I rarely do this. I was like, "This is inc what I'm seeing right now is incredible," and they they have there's a scene that is brilliantly acted by the two leads that is wonderfully shot, and they do some great. There, it's you'll know it when you see this movie. You'll know what Cody was talking about. That was one of the best things I've seen in film in a long, long time, and I loved it. And in in that moment, I was like, "This is fucking great," and it was mm -hmm. very rewarding. I could talk about how great this movie is all night, but. Uh, <laughs> They, just know you need to go see Booksmart this weekend. If you're hearing this podcast, as quickly as you can, buy a ticket to Booksmart and go see it. And I want to hear what your thoughts were uh, on the tweets at underscore Cody Michael. Uh, and so does Seth at Seth Owat or at, un, or at Seth Owat or at SoCo Show Pod. I've only said that a thousand times. Let us know what your thoughts were. I hope that you love it as much as, as we both did because we thought it was fucking magic. And it was a pleasant surprise too, you know. Uh, it was one of those that I, I didn't think it was going to be my favorite of the year when I walked into it. Uh, so that was, it's always good to have those. <sighs> I'm out of breath and I'm sweaty. That's how passionate I, it's also just very hot in my apartment, but um, that's how passionately I love that movie. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's get out of reviews. Enough of, enough of me uh, gushing about it. And uh, we're going to wrap up the show, but before we go, we're going to leave you with one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. I'll go first this week. Uh, I want to point people to a Twitter account that I'm going to um, link to in the description box. And I want to make sure I get the handle right. Um, so the name of the account is Perfectly Cut Screams. And the at, uh, it's at ah, like a spell is screamed. Uh, it's <laughs> five A's, two G's, and four H's. And basically the whole point is it's these short videos and then someone screams at the end like, ah, but then it cuts it right at the end. Like you see in a film, like where someone starts to scream, but then it chops it off. And uh, it's a bunch of videos basically of different reasons why people would scream. There is one specifically where it's a, <laughs> it's a small kid with the frog and I have watched it probably 30 times and just cried laughing like half of it. It's the funniest thing that I've fucking seen. And so I will, I will link 
uh, in the description box too. I'll probably just link to that tweet specifically because it's the most brilliant thing I've ever seen on Twitter. Um, but perfectly time screams. Uh, I had about 20 minutes of just pure joy going through all of their posts. Uh, so I, I just want to point people to there uh, so they can check that out. So I want one more thing. It's kind of an endorsement, kind of a, a dumb story. Um, the endorsement, so it, it revolves around a an app, at least on the Google Home. Um, it might be on Alexa or whatever. Or Google, uh, yeah, Google Home or Google whatever. What are they called? Google. Is that what it is? Google, Google Home. Home. Yeah. Okay. I don't, for whatever reason, uh, Google, what's the big one? Google Max or some shit like that? Home Hub is the biggest one. Hub. And then there's a Home okay. Max and a Home and a Home yeah, View yeah. and a Home Mini. There's a lot of them. Okay. Okay. But yeah, Google Home, that's that's the original one. There's an app on their uh, game called Song Quiz that I've been playing the hell out of lately, mm. um, where it's, uh, so you, you pick a decade of music, um, and I've always picked the 2000s, and it plays a snippet of a song, usually like 10 seconds or something, and then you have to, uh, you can, if you name either the the song title or the artist you get 10 points for just one or if you get both then you get i think i think you get an extra 10 um and the points vary and i've been fucking dominating <laughs> at, at the 2000s but so i mentioned earlier that um <laughs> I, I mentioned earlier that i uh have been in in this step thing at work that's the, the that's why i've been ramping up the running and so i <laughs> The the Google Home is in our kitchen here, and so I've like in between like making dinners or whatever, um, I've been playing that game. But then I also like I had some time to kill before we started recording, and so I <laughs> decided to gain some extra steps by rock walking around the fucking kitchen, the kitchen like <laughs> island thing, and playing this game. So I get me th- like there was a point in the middle of playing this where I'm just like doing laps around this kitchen island, which isn't very, I mean, it's like 10 steps all the way around it. And I'm just yelling out fucking songs and artists <laughs> from the 2000s. So I'm just like, the reason Hoobastank, if someone were to walk in and, and see me doing that, yelling out, Lil John, get low. Just like in the, like how fucking insane that would be. <laughs> You know what's funny too is well you don't have the video version uh, but there's definitely is recording somewhere of you doing that uh, yeah. but it's just not video uh, that yeah. so it's called song quiz song quiz yeah I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to play this myself I don't know how many of our listeners have Google Homes but if you do there's a lot of fun games and shit on the Google Home it's worth a Google uh, and that that's a with the song quiz you um, play against other people so it's not like like someone else is playing against you. Um, and I know it's other, actually other people because people are putting in dumbass names like uh, Michael. Someone was Michael Jackson from California <laughs> who I played against earlier. Mm. Um, like just like it, it's actually other people, so it's fun. I've gotten through the entirety now of the 2000s, so it's been repeats the last couple times. So I've branched into the 2010s and 90s. Um, but I was on like a nine game win streak, and I was scoring like an average of like 180 out of 200 points for the 2000s. Jesus. I was doing super well. Um, it's it's fun. It's like it actually is a fun game because it registers like, you know, song to like a lot of times like with these Google games, you'll just say yes or no or like A, B or C or they give you like three multiple choice answers. This one is like straight up. They give you the song and you have to get both. They don't give you multiple choice and shit. So it's it's fun. Um, and then you can like repeat. So like I mentioned earlier with like the movie Trivia Schmodan that we watch online, it's a lot like that where it's like you you can do a repeat and try and 
buy yourself time and you have to think through it. It's kind of fun. It's pretty cool. That sounds awesome. I'm going to check that out immediately uh, after we stop recording. Um, the only fun. thing that's the only thing that's super lame about that game, though, is that if you get them both right, like the computer guy will like congratulate you, but he'll do things like baller mm. like that. <laughs> he'll just be like baller or the one he he did the fucking pit bull thing. He did Dale. Like <laughs> I, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and I was playing this with uh, around with with my roommate and uh, his girlfriend is here and. Like the fucking thing was so like flossy, like doing that shit. Like they were making fun of it. I'm like, what is going on? This is so stupid. <laughs> flossy, flossy, dale, baller. Like just every time you get him, like if you get both right, then it'll do like a, a congratulatory congratulatory phrase like that. That's brilliant. I'm very excited to try this out. <laughs> uh, what do we got? We got uh, perfectly timed screams. And song quiz this week in one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. Oh, uh, that is going to bring us to the. End. I don't know why I'm doing that. That. Now I can't not do it. That is going to bring us to the end of episode number 95 of the Soko Show. Uh, don't forget, next week we're going one day early. Thursday releases for episode 96, which will be an Octiversary episode, and. We're going to be doing the new release exam uh, for the month of June. So a lot of fun stuff uh, to look forward to in next week's episode, which is going to come a day early, which is um, which is pretty great. Uh, and if you know the so and co-host, you know that we love to come early. So um, you can expect some good stuff on next week's episode. Oh, that's nasty. Uh, one more time, go watch Booksmart. <laughs> go watch Booksmart <laughs> and watch Barry. Uh, when you get home and uh and that's a lot of recommendations on this week's show there's a lot of good just there's just great shit out there man and and people need to go watch it uh so let's get you out of here so you have time to go watch the shit that we've recommended he is the so host seth ott i am the co-host cody michael and we will see you next thursday Bye. Flossy. <laughs> <laughs>